W-A-M. Ray Whitney has a pair. There we go. Hey, y'all. My name is Clarence Eugene Thomas, President Bush's nominee for the Supreme Court. And you know, there's lots of people out there that think just because I smoked a little marijuana when I was in college. Yeah, it wasn't nothing but a pen joint. Well, maybe a cigar side joint. I don't remember, y'all. That they don't think I'm fit to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah, I got the money. Let's do this quick and get out of here. I want to set y'all straight. When I start reviewing the law, I don't just review the law. Hell, y'all. I be talking. And I talk it to the east. And I talk it to the west. And I talk it while I look up Sandra Day O'Connor's dress. I be talking. <laughs> oh, my God. Have we got uh, something to go? Okay, here he is. Here's the uh, counselor, Norm Kent. One of the great pot smokers in the history of mankind. But only when he's in Amsterdam. Are you there? How come I can't hear him? Hello. Hello. There he is. I am here having finished a uh, great discussion with Matty Lesham. He's an asshole. Who I have just said to him has advocated a position which is asinine, archaic, and beyond comprehension. And unacceptable, yeah. He said that he's not going to uh, air the show on Whammy Channel 69 because the Forever Stone hat gives the impression that uh, marijuana is Ill is illegal and he doesn't want to uh, advance that impression I suppose to our impressionable youth. He further said that the, the hat is taken out of context if from your show but that you could wear a swastika and maybe then he would air it. Uh huh. And he's trying to explain this. So, to in me. other words, advocating hate crimes, that would be okay, but wearing uh, something that's a joke, that's a cartoon, right. is unacceptable, is unacceptable. For, a, for this cutting edge television no station, concept. Channen 69. An industry no joke. Of satire whatsoever. Yeah. I, I don't think he. Well, he has no concept of television. He has no concept of programming. He has no concept of how to do anything creative, interesting, or exciting. And all this baloney about cutting edge TV. All they care about is their new show and the sports show, which is hardly what I consider cutting edge. I think I told him that he's in, in, in clear breach of contract. He's that, incompetent. That, that if he's a jackass. That if we wanted to, we could have all those nice guys who are filming you removed from the studio, and he said, well, don't do that, because then nothing will get aired on TV. Yeah. I said, well, you haven't aired anything yet anyway since he's worn the hat, and it's the show or start broadcasting you with the hat on, because we're not taking the hat off to accommodate his uh, archaic belief that you're advocating something illegal. I think his message is moronic and ludicrous. Yeah. And how about when the UBS shows all those uh, Cheech and Chong movies like George was talking about Friday? Is that advocating something illegal? Of course See, here's it's a, here's not. A man with no, here's a man with satire. no sense of humor who's been putting bleeps. We already bleep stuff for this program, which is a radio show, which is on in broad daylight from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have no disclaimers on this show talking about parental guidance, et cetera, and so on. The TV show, as you know, has got 80 million disclaimers on it. Every time they come back from other long, ponderous PSAs with the starving children in Africa, uh, they get one of those long breaks, they come on uh, with more another disclaimer. And, and there aren't supposed to be little kids watching that, but even assuming that they were, it would be okay for me to be sitting there wearing a swastika or some other hate symbol, but if I'm wearing a cartoon with a, with a pair of lips with seven joints in it, saying stone forever, therefore I'm uh, advocating something illegal? 
Like maybe thinking? Primetime TV on regular... People having adultery on soap operas and have been for 30 and 40 years on television, on network television in the middle of the daytime, which last time I checked, adultery was illegal unless you're in the White House. And uh, I don't see anybody having a nervous breakdown about that. Well, he's having quite an... Like I said, it's intransigent. Well, like I told you off the air before we started this uh, circus this morning, every other television show, any television show that expects to be competitive and have an audience has a tremendous amount of work and effort and uh, thought that goes into it before it's being put on the air as opposed to just showing somebody here chopping it up, censoring it, bleeping it, cutting out anything that might be in the least bit uh, satirical, interesting, humorous, uh, etc. And I posted up here on the microphone. How about all the stuff with the Pope and the uh, peep show that we have behind me sitting up on the cabinet that have been taped regularly since the show has been on? How is it out of context? Well, I'm going to give you an explanation. If, if what he meant was that the bulk of your broadcast does not relate to marijuana and it gives a false image to the listeners if you were to go ahead and do four hours on and then when i pointed that out to him he said well it's illegal anyway. so, so in other words if i went on the air and i advocated that people should be smoking pot which is illegal then it would be okay but if, if i'm sitting here wearing a satirical postcard on my head from amsterdam then it's not okay That's i mean we're talking about a man who is such a raving asshole who is so eminently unqualified to be even watching television much less be working in it that there are no words to describe it. Well, I invited... This is a death wish. I invited him... This to... is a death wish that I have been sucked into by well-meaning but very naive people who really believe that creative people were going to put something revolutionary, cutting-edge on television, which is a source of tremendous personal embarrassment, humiliation, and absolutely nothing positive toward yours truly. Yeah, you would think that when we endure... Then the, o- the only show on that television station, they've been on now four and a half months, the only show that has anybody in this town talking about it is Neil at Night, even as poorly produced and as uh, garbage as it is, what they're putting on here, and as bleeped out and censored up as it is. That's the only thing that they have anybody in this town talking about, and believe me, it's going to be off of there very soon. I'm inclined to believe that, too, if they don't change their intransigent position. I think it's utterly unacceptable that... I mean, we're, we're talking about something here that is so basic and so juvenile and so idiotic that we have to waste time with this that it's pathetic. I've invited him to call you directly on the air. Well, he doesn't have the guts to call opinion, me. This guy was I was told on Friday before I got, went out of town, I was told he was going to call me here this morning. I left the phone uh, unblocked, waiting for his phone call. It never came. Just like he was never returned my phone calls last Tuesday, last Thursday. Rob Kaplan comes in here, dials up the office, leaves a message, and I sit here on my ass waiting. He doesn't return the phone call because this man doesn't have the cojones to talk to me. Because he knows he's in an indefensible position. And quite frankly, I don't think Whammy wants to put the Neil Rogers show on here, which is fine with me. I'm here, as you know, since you're the one that made the deal, I'm hired here to do a radio show for WQAM. Not to be made some kind of a jackass on, on television. Yeah, I think, I think Whammy... Sit here in a burlap sack for four hours every day and do a radio show. That's what they're going to wind up taping and putting on the air, which may not be too appetizing, but that'll be what would be on the air. Even the dogs agree there. Okay, absolutely. The German Shepherd Lightning is agreeing completely. So I'm going to see what calls come of this and make a couple of calls, and I'll be back with you as the morning progresses. Okay, govern yourself accordingly. Okay. Go, uh, go shoot the dog. Get on it. So we have another major thing going here. There you go. A big song to dance because we've got an Israeli guy that comes in here has no concept of what's satire, humor. There's nothing like putting the Neil Rogers show on television without any, without any humor in it. There you go. Let's put a few more bleeps in there. So there you go. So we can't hear any of the words that are being spoken. But we're going to put it on there. How come we can't get any numbers with this? How come nobody's watching it? 
How come he's, nobody's watching that television station? Don't they want to see all those rehashed, washed-out episodes of MASH over and over again? No. Come on. Ten minutes after that. I don't know what it is, because I, I don't know anybody tooth. less fruity than George. But he's, huh? I have a snaggle tooth. You don't sound fruity off the ear, but on the ear you sound... Uh, maybe you need a different microphone, a little different mic technique. I need maybe braces. get your mouth off of it. Maybe you need braces. That's possible. But a little fruity sounding. And the other thing that I would say is that uh, we already know that you hate the Backstreet Boys and you don't like sports. It's not... And you were ripping the bird for doing anti-Neil while he was on, but it's, there's no point in that. There's no point in talking about, well, Neil likes the Backstreet Boys and they suck. Which, quite frankly, nobody cares whether you like the Backstreet Boys or not. And they already know that. Those assholes that were making what stuff is it? Up. I was just responding to those assholes that were calling making stuff up and exaggerating. About what? About uh, the anti-Neil thing. Yeah. As if you uh, didn't expect anything else. About See, I, st I still don't understand. Okay, so dummy up. Okay, it's not Friday anymore. Seriously, it takes a lot to impress me because I've flown most of the major airlines. But the food... The food on American Airlines is great. Not just good, but it's great. They give you like a real meal. In fact, they gave us a chicken focaccia sandwich. I'm sorry for all you guidos out there, focaccia. Focaccia sandwich coming back yesterday and with a, with a big cup, not just like a little uh, teaspoon dropper, but a big cup of piping hot Tex-Mex soup. Pretty hot stuff, but it was delicious with corn in it, which will be coming out any day now. And uh, and then, I don't want to say that I ate it, okay, but I did. They bring you a hot brownie with vanilla ice cream and chocolate sauce on it for dessert in first class. Oh, American Airlines, how come these other bumfork airlines don't know how to feed people? I don't want to mention Delta and my good friends at Air Canada. How come they don't know how to feed people? I mean, their rates are no lower than American. They're no bargain on any of these airlines. They gouge you an arm and a leg. They rape you to get on the goddamn plane. So the least they can do is feed you like an edible meal. Let's hear it for American Airlines. Oh! God, your food is great. And the planes are pretty damn good, too. They're configured. Big, comfortable seats. God almighty. I kind of like that uh, leaving Friday at noon kind of thing. You may see a lot of that next year. I'm serious. So anyway, A&E last night had this thing from 9 to 11. Anybody out there see it? No. I must be the only one. Italians in America. Which, uh, I, of course, have a great interest in Italy and Italians and all the other good stuff. And uh, it was pretty interesting about how the Italians all came here and about how they were discriminated against, It said, Like every other ethnic group, why should they be any different? And they grew up in their ethnic ghettos, et cetera, and so on, and worked their way up taking jobs that nobody else would take. And then they went to New Orleans, and they went out to San Francisco, et cetera, and so on. Very interesting stuff. But then we started getting into the mob stuff, okay? And you saw this ethnic paranoia creeping in. In fact, they were talking about Joe Valachi and his testimony in front of Congress and uh, La Cosa Nostra. And they were trying to make it appear that Joe Valachi just made most of this up and that other, other people put the words in his mouth and he was just a puppet. Like, kind of like the puppet strings there at the beginning of The Godfather. And then, of course, we did hear about The Godfather and Francis Ford Coppola and how there are a bunch of actors who are making a lot of money uh, in these uh, anti-Italian movies and these mafia movies. They showed Al Pacino's puss and Robert De Niro, but didn't mention him by name, of course. And they, and they made it seem like there is no such thing as the Sicilian Mafia, as though it wasn't imported, this isn't part of ethnic culture in Italy, but that it was something because we had mobsters here, we had Irish mobsters and we had Jewish mobsters and gangs and every other ethnic group, therefore it was natural that it just, uh, you know, it just developed in the Italian community. Well, I hate to break the news to whoever the people were on A&E, who usually do a great job with their documentaries. I love A&E. I hate to break the news to them, but the Sicilian Mafia, the Black Hand, has been around for a very long, like hundreds of years. 
And maybe it's only my imagination, but every time I go to Italy and you read the Italian newspapers, La Repubblica, La Stampa, whichever newspapers they are, Corriere della Sera, even in my limited Italian, every paper there are stories about shootings, usually in Sicilia and Sicily, uh, mafia shootings. Don't have to get worried about anybody else getting shot in Italy because nobody has any guns. It doesn't happen. So evidently, somebody better tell these people uh, involved in this A&E documentary. And, uh, you know, how can it be a documentary when you include all this ethnic paranoia? That's the one thing that bothered me. And, of course, they had Rudy Giuliani on there, the mayor of Disney World North, New York. And, uh, you know, he had some pretty interesting comments. And, and, and it's true. Like, maybe one part of one percent of Italians are involved in the mafia. And then, of course, there are a whole bunch of others who wish they could get in. Well, what's the big deal? But, but to suggest that somehow Joe Valacci made all this stuff up and it was just a myth, just kind of mystifies me, I'll tell you that right now. The black hand, baby, la cosa nostra, our thing. But Joe Valacci just made it up. But it was pretty interesting, I thought. Nobody else out there, I'm sure, saw it. How about those Panthers? Anybody see the Panthers games? That's what i got to get filled in there because I wasn't here. Of course, keep in mind, don't get too excited yet, who they played. They played Tampa Bay in that opener on Friday. We need some spy reports on that uh, game, on the ambiance, on the... Uh, and what did I tell you about Mark Parrish? Just oh! did two goals on opening night. He's going to be a star. Victor Kozlov, oh! two goals and two assists on opening night. And then they shut out the uh, Predators up there in Nashville, one nothing, and what evidently was a coma, coma game on Saturday. And, of course, the only goal of the game, we know who got that. Ray Whitney has a pair. My buddy Ray Whitney scoring the only goal of the game. So the Panthers are 2-0. and oh. The Leafs beat the Detroit Red Wings right up there in Toronto, eh? 2-1 oh. to one on Saturday. Which Rome wasn't built in a day, but nevertheless. So the hockey season's underway, thank God. But this whammy thing, this is going to turn into a like major contretemps for another day or so until uh, we get rid of this TV thing. I mean, when you consider the number of people who are watching, and, and also, the, you know, in the beginning we had people calling in on this show with comments, oh, he's got the blue shirt on today and the orange shirt. That was about the only thing they ever talked about, was which shirt I had on that day and whether my eyebrows looked good from the side or like uh, they were too bushy and is Andy Rooney going to be doing the show with bigger eyebrows? And that's basically about it, because it's a chopped up jumble of, uh, of a mess is pretty much what it is. Crap. Yeah, I think that sums it up in one word. And, uh, you know, it's turning out to be an impediment to my life and to this radio show and to the entire universe in general because it's being operated over there by a bunch of losers, by people who have no idea what the hell they're doing. First, we had the technical incompetence in the beginning, which made it the laughing stock. Not just my show, but the entire station. And now we've got the, uh, oh, yeah, everything is too, out it's too outrageous. It's too, yeah, for us. Because in, in spite of what Barry Diller and his crew of lunatics said when they came in here about cutting edge, it's really cutting edge to put on a news show, isn't it? That's, a, that's pretty cutting edge. Or it's really cutting edge to put on a sports show. <laughs> that's cutting edge. But to put something on local, and the reason I got these cards in Amsterdam in the first place and brought them back was because I'm constantly trying to come up in my own way, even though it shouldn't be my responsibility, to doing something visual in here, even though this is a radio show, since they don't go out and make any effort to put any visuals in there or do anything to, like, edit in something that might catch the eye because it's a TV show, dummy. So I got these cards and brought them back. The Pope of the Peep Show and all of these uh, marijuana things, they're all cartoon postcards. They are satire, is what they are. And Matty Lesham is too stupid to understand that. That's what we're dealing with at Whammy. That's why every single show that they put on the air over there is a big bomb. A gigantic bomb. That's why the station, if you took the cartoons away and the reruns of their old, washed-out prints of old TV shows from the past, 
If you took that away, would there be anybody watching that channel? No. No. So what are we involved with? A gigantic source of great consternation and aggravation, an enormous waste of time. Am I making any money that I could even talk about from that thing? No. So well, what's the benefit? Are, are we getting some tremendous increased response on a radio station because we got exposure on TV? No. Are the ratings going through the roof because we got a whole new audience out there from being on television? No. Of course not. Because there's nothing to watch. They put on these long, ponderous, terminal phone calls, and I keep trying to tell these people who are putting the thing together, nobody wants to hear, forget it, a four-hour radio show, that might be one thing, you're going to get some of those, but in a 20-minute show, when you take out the spots in the PSAs and the starving kids in Africa, when you take that out, you've got about 20 or 21 minutes left over. Who the hell wants to hear some boring, ponderous, goddamn phone calls? Is there anybody wants to watch that? No. Of course not. I know very little. I mean, I've done, you know, some television over the years. I've been, uh, you know, but not my own show, other than that awful thing on 51 year. And you know something? Even that was better done than this at 3 o'clock in the morning with me just sitting in a chair with, uh, you know, looking in a fixed camera. Got more discussion and more uh, involvement than, than this thing is getting because they're uptight about pot. Over at Whammy. Yeah, they're all smoking it, but they're uptight. Maybe that's why they're so uptight about it. Maybe we ought to have a raid over there. Maybe that uh, would straighten their ass out, huh? I can just see it right now. Big headlines, both newspapers. Pot raid at Whammy. Israelis go to jail. I can just see it now. Ow! There you go. I mean, that, that double talk that he gave Norm Kent, whatever the hell Norm said there a little while ago. Well, what does that mean? Does anybody understand what the hell he said? No. What that was all about? If it was within the context of the show. Is there, is there anything in this room? Is Enrique Iglesias, do I talk about Enrique here for four hours every day? No. But do we see his picture on the, uh, his, uh, uh, whatever it is? Uh -huh. Because it's part of the studio. It's part of the ambiance of this show in the studio. That's all. And I'm working for a guy who's too stupid to understand that. Send Maddie over to uh, Amsterdam. Maybe he can get laid over there, although I doubt it. Maybe he might get laid. Maybe that might lighten him up a little bit. And just coincidentally, I happen to have received today in the mail this morning, and I have no idea from whom, but I think this uh, from somebody in Key West, evidently, because this is out of a Key West newspaper, which you'd expect, I guess. Big article by G. Spencer Myers, guest columnist. And it doesn't say, usually when there's a guest columnist, it says at the bottom who that who that be. It doesn't say who that is, nor do I care. It says the Dutch example shows how it can work, the economics of legalized marijuana. Big, big article here today, which I think I'm going to read the whole goddamn thing on the air today. Oh! Is what I'm going to do. Because it makes too much sense. Do I smoke marijuana? No. Have I got any interest in marijuana? No. If I did, then somebody could accuse me of being here using their show, the radio show, the TV show, to, to try to promote marijuana. I don't give a crap whether you do or you don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. That's the point. Stop with this Stone Age kind of mentality. I hate to break the news to you, boys and girls, but prohibition doesn't work. Oh, my God, what a shock. What a concept. What a revolutionary, unacceptable thing for you to say. You expect them to put that on TV? No. You saying that? You bet they won't. Because they're cutting edge, baby. They're cutting it. You can smell it all the way over here. The wind's blowing in the right direction, right from South Beach. You can smell it. Oh, that Amy cut that one? Amy Atkins just cut one. Oh, she must have found out the banks are closed today. 1027 at 5.
WQAM. You call this big market radio? Now, on video and selling out all over the country. Mr. Kimball, which end of this sale do you want? Well, yeah, I'm in the mood for some moral satisfaction, uh, Mr. Haney. Yeah. Now, maybe just a hand job. It's the porno just for rednecks. Mr. Haney. Mr. Douglas, glad you could show up. Saved you a spot right here. It's steamy. It's hot. It's in the back of my pickup truck. Golly, Mr. Haney. Will you shut up, Eb, and get over here and hold Arnold still? Oh, that feels good. Haney's horny. Rated XXX, now on video. Okay, 1032 at 560 WQAM. So we've all taken a vote. Maddie Lesham's an asshole. Yeah, yeah we decided that. Why don't they just put uh, home shopping back on there? Wouldn't that be a tremendous service? Uh -huh. Yeah, let's take a vote. Everybody want home shopping back there on Whammy? Uh -huh. Okay, get that crap off of there. Here's a mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Okay. Well, I wanted to tell you about Friday night's uh, debacle at the uh, arena. Debacle? Oh, I was heartbroken. I've been a season ticket holder, blah, blah, blah. I love the Panthers. I'm a hometown guy. I left at a quarter to seven from Oakland and University. Yeah. I did not get into the parking lot because the morons that were running it till 7.35, and I parked as far away as possible that you could still consider being in the arena. Mm -hmm. After hiking all the way in there, sitting down, all right. And I sit the time in front of well, you. Well, wait a minute. First of all, how come it took you so long to get in there? It was bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, which, way which, way did you, which way did you go? I came to Oakland Park right down straight from University in Oakland. I left at a quarter to seven at Bennigan's. And I drove straight to uh, the arena via Oakland. I was glad you had a good time. <laughs> oh. And you think we're having a good time, huh? Uh huh? So there's a happy camper. Now, we'll get some other spy reports. People had a great time there at the uh, Macarena Friday, won't we? 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the Mobile One line. And I noticed the bees are off to a pretty good start up there in Philadelphia. I know people are going to say, well, gee, Sean Burke and then Kirk McClain got a shutout. Yeah, but look who we played. Don't get too carried away about that goaltending yet, okay? We played the worst two teams in the league so far, which I'm delighted we won the games, but don't get too excited quite yet. Beezer shuts out the Rangers the first game, then gives up only one goal, a goal against Anaheim. Flyers win 4-1 last night. Wouldn't that be something if uh, Beezer had a big year up there? Uh -huh. Oh, boy. What are some of these people going to be saying? Some of his detractors, of which there are many, by the way, for reasons I still haven't figured out. Here's Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Okay, sir. Yeah, I was the guy you gave the tickets to on Friday. Right. You talked about Parrish. I had a great time. I left here in downtown at 5.30. Got over there, no problem. Glad he had a good time. All right, okay, bye. there's a the guy I gave my tickets to, and he had a good time. No complaints. Got in his seats early, no problems. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on a mobile one line. We have an open line. Anybody else see that uh, Italians in America thing last night on uh, no, a &E? No, no, Oh, they were all watching Whammy. I'm sorry. They were all waiting for our show to come on last night on Sunday. It's not on on Sunday anymore. And guess what? Monday through Saturday, I think it's going to be pretty much the same very soon, like maybe tonight, tomorrow, whenever. Open line in Broward, all of Dade, 5670560 oh, and pound 560 on the Mobile One line. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Listen, I have a question for you on Godfather Part Two. Uh -huh. I've seen that movie several times. And if you think towards the end of it, after uh, the government stopped uh, the investigation of Michael, 
and Michael is in the hotel room, and he's alone. Kay comes in, and she announces that uh, she's leaving. She's right. taking the kids. Right. I don't know if she was going to Tijuana at that time, but anyway, that's another story. Uh, she starts to tell him something about, look what you have done to our son. And he, Michael blurts out, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. They never really mention anything about that. You got any ideas as to what, if anything, uh, emotionally was wrong with his son? Now, which one was the son? Was the son the one who became the opera singer? Uh, I think, didn't he only have one son? And he had, I think, a son and a, and a little girl. Right. Part two. Right. Right, but in the hotel room... Well, but the son was the one that became the opera singer. Don't you remember in Godfather 3, they went and saw him sing in, uh, in Italy? Well, but what in would Sicilia? be wrong with that? Huh? What would be wrong with that? Nothing. Okay. But in other words, he wanted him to be... Uh, I don't know what the hell he wanted him to be. Don't you remember there was the conflict? He wanted to be a singer and uh, well, but that wanted him to be a gangster or something. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. We'll get some Italians upset. <laughs> now, that was in part three. Yeah. It just, it just seemed to me that there was some type of an emotional problem and... Kate was trying to explain it, and he just kept I, they, they, It was really never said. No. It was never spoken. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Okay, have a great day. And okay. don't forget, there's no such thing as La Cosa Nostra. There's no such thing as La Mafia, okay? It's just another commie pinko plot. Just another one of those things that the people out there, Francis Ford Coppola needed the money. He had a lot of, a lot of bombs, a lot of big ones <laughs> dropped, and he needed the money badly. And so he just exploited for fun and profit another ethnic group. There's no such thing as the mafia. There's no such thing as the black hand. There's no such thing as the mafia in Sicily. We know that. 22 before 11 at 5. U.A.M. A.M. Oh, God, Friday seems so far away. Here I'm trapped in this office to stay. I feel like crap. Cause it's Monday. First, Marlon Brando was the Godfather. Then Al Pacino was Godfather 2 and 3. Now, get ready for the ultimate Godfather. Godfather 4. Godfather, you must help me. These goons that are coming and burn my house down. And they hurt my family. Maybe you could order a hit or something. Godfather 4, starring James Brown, the Godfather of Soul. He'll make you an offer you can't understand. 1044 560 WQM. I guess there's nobody else no. in this audience that saw the Italians on America thing on A&E last night. Too bad. Like I said, pretty interesting, but incredible ethnic paranoia in the last 45 minutes. Unbelievable. There's no Godfather. Just like uh, what's-his-name said, Frankie Pentangeli. I didn't know no Godfather. Oh, yeah, I knew his father. We was in the olive oil business together. That was it. And then they go through a whole long thing in the last few minutes, showing all the pizzas and all the ravioli and the spaghetti and the manicotti. That's great. Here's a, here's a mobile in Delray Beach. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Okay. It's Scott. Yeah? Your friend Scott. You remember me? Scott the long guy? Scott the long guy. Yes. How are you doing? He does that vanishing act every now and then for like months at a time? Yeah, every once in a while. Well, the front of my house looks pretty crappy, I'll tell you that, Scott. But hey, we don't want to go into that. Hey. 
that parking the guy was talking about down at the arena, yeah. the absolute worst. Huh. The kids that are running it don't have a clue. We got in there at about mm, about 7 or so, maybe a little bit earlier, stub? taking your stub, driving you in, and then driving you back out of the arena, back out onto Sunrise and then down or wherever, like by the front of Sawgrass Mall there, back to the other parking, which they didn't have any parking for. Then they had You're saying that they don't have enough parking, that they, they, they had all this time to plan this thing out and to lay it out perfectly, et cetera, and so on, and they, they're 19,200 people they squeeze in there, they don't have enough parking? How, yeah, did they, how did they park all the people when they had the Celine Dion and Elton John concerts? Well, and they supposedly had like, it was the same problem, and they said that they have 7,500 parking spots. Yeah. How do you have 7,500 parking spots and you have 19,000 at an arena? Well, you're figuring not everybody uh, comes in one car. They're figuring like two, right, three, four but how people many in a car. Carpool, schlep, nine, ten people. Are they going to get all vans? You might no, get no, I'm not talking about carpooling. But most people. I mean, did you come alone? No, but one, two, one person with me, so that's two. Okay, so there's two people. So 7,500 times two is 15,000, and you got to figure there are plenty of uh, people coming in groups, three, four, uh, five so people many, in a car. How many people are in their underground parking? Underground? Now, where you? Isn't that where you park? No way. You, you it cost 2,500 bucks a year for that underneath parking. Oh my God! Yeah, no, well, I, then, park, I park. I park in the. I park in the the preferred parking, which I have no idea how many that holds, but there, it's got to be a couple of thousand anyway. Well, it's just there's no spots, and then what they did is they started parking people like where the bus parks, you know, like where they have bus parking, but they weren't putting them close enough together. They were just parking them wherever they wanted. And then people just parked at the end of the road so that they couldn't get through. And, and any what about the when you got out? Did they have all the? Uh, did they have 136th Avenue like most of the lanes blocked off? Like they, oh yeah, they yeah, did. No, barely any signs. They didn't oh know where you were going. Oh my god! We got on the sawgrass and Jesus we ended up on 75 Christ. and passed your house and we live in Boca. Yeah. So we were, you know, I, I waved at you when I drove by, but I knew you weren't there. Unbelievable. So we had we took Sunrise all the way back out because you couldn't get back on because you don't. There's no north for the sawgrass. Right. But uh, the the arena's real nice as long as you don't. <laughs> the arena's as long as you don't stay, can't stay too there. Long, right, as long as you don't stay too long in your seat or drink too many beers, because if you're in the upper section, there's about six inches between you and the next seat in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your phone died, Scott. Have a great day. Okay, Scott's phone just crapped out. I think maybe it was an active. Uh... Oh God. We have an, And by the way, do something with the front of my house there, Scott. Put in some more of those pansies or something, will you? Let's get going. He's a good guy, but uh, impossible to get a hold of. Like once every six months, you can get a hold of this guy. We have an open line at Broward. So the people, do they have a good time there on? No. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'm reading about this, and I'm saying, hey, they won four to one, and they kicked some ass, and they had 19,200. They packed the joint, and, uh, oh, yeah, got some good press around the rest of the country. I'll tell you that on the uh, TV. Made it look like we had a gigantic, uh, spectacular thing happen on Friday. And like I said, all 82 games will be on TV this year, so that's something you might want to think about. Don't have to go through that hassle. I may have to start walking over there. No, I got the and and just like for the exhibition game, it must have been the same thing. They show you park in uh, go in gate five or seven or whatever. The only problem is none of the entrances are marked with a number, so you're just driving around wandering like. And we're figuring, well, that's only for the exhibition season. Once they start the regular season, they can't possibly be going to do that, are they? Uh-huh. Oh, they are. So nice going, Wayne, as usual, getting people pissed off in spite of the fact that the taxpayer money built you that gigantic, state-of-the-art, beautiful facility over there. Uh, just piss off all the natives. Here's a mobile in Stewart. Hello. If I had a great time, it's absolutely, uh, the arena is beautiful. Yeah. But uh, by the end of the night, only one of the shot, cl- shot clocks were working. <laughs> they were really? falling apart. Yeah. 
Uh, you know how they got the four on the sides? You know, well, they're uh, way they're, they're in a row. They're, that should be on a scoreboard there in the I middle. Know, that's, Why that's they put the shot clock way the hell up there on the ends? I thought they might have done something to change that, but obviously not. No, that's the one thing I was just... Uh, I mean, I went to the uh, first preseason game, too, and it's the one thing I didn't like was the shot clock not on the... On the in the middle there, and they still had those same little dinky red lights there for the goal lights. Yeah, that's that's right. Oh, and uh, why would you spend millions of dollars like this? Enormous amount, enormous amount of money to build a state-of-the-art facility, and then when it comes to stuff like this, is what I said after I went to that exhibition game. The stuff that's related to the game itself, it's kind of like, uh, oh well, we didn't really think about that, so we'll just put yeah. in whatever chintzy uh, crap we can. Right, but um. Uh, Friday night, the game was totally exciting, but I'll tell you, that Saturday night game, I hope they play more like Friday. That Saturday night game was coma. coma yeah. I, I couldn't even stay up to watch it. And, no, I, and, I'm a, and what I'm is this thing fan. that the Nashville fans are yelling, get bit, get bit? That's their, uh, of course, you got to understand it's in Nashville. They're all like inbred, but what does that mean, get bit? What kind of a hockey cheer is that? Get bit, y'all. <laughs> it's perfect for Nashville. Yeah, you're right. And uh, <laughs> like you said, don't take too much stake in the two teams we beat, but... But bees are shutting out the Rangers. I wouldn't take too much stake in the Rangers. No, the Rangers are terrible. How do you like that game against Montreal? Seven to one. Nice going, there, Rangers. They suck. I watched that game. I, was, I mean, I hate the Rangers like poison, and I was having more. I was having a great time. So far, I've been more. right on target. I told you the Rangers are going to be bad. They got a lot of old hacks. They got a terrible team, and Richter's going to be shell shocked by uh, New Year's. They, they. It was just. It was a hilarious game to watch that. Boy, Richter didn't know what to do. Yeah, I saw the highlights. But uh, anyway, Neil, have a good day, and uh, the arena is beautiful, and hopefully we kick some ass this year. Okay, see ya. See ya. So there you go. We like, they like the way the team looked. They just didn't like uh, the ambiance of driving in there, finding no parking space, uh, standing in long lines, and not being able to get out. Other than that, it was a great time was had by all. We have an open line in day 567. Now, is that Norm Kent again on the, who's that on the bat line that you're talking to? Is that Norma? Anybody? Channel 6. Oh, Channel 6. Yeah, we've got a major story here, and you know something? The only reason that this will become a source of embarrassment, grief, and a major story for the people at Whammy is because Maddie Lesher is a hard-ass and an asshole. See, this is the Neil Rogers show, whether it was wearing the yarmulkes, whether it's wearing a goddamn uh, cap with the, uh, with the uh, cartoon with the joints on it, whatever it is, that's me, that's this show, and that's what you people agreed to, is to come in here and tape the show every day, do your best effort to put to edit it out, put together an entertaining uh, 20 or 21 minutes, or whatever the hell it's going to be, once a night, twice a night, whatever the hell you feel like it, because that changes every time you, every time you take it up. Yeah, oh, you guess what, it's not on twice. And they keep jerking it around and moving it around, okay? And I haven't said very much about that. We just sat back while I continued diddling around with this thing, waiting for them to figure out what the hell they wanted to do with life. But now I draw the line in the sand because when they start screwing around with your goddamn editorial content and the fact that you want to make a goddamn statement, even if it's just satire, which they're too stupid to understand, they can blow it out their ass. If there's anybody over the age of three that can tell me, and I wish that everybody who is uh, listening right now could see this card that I'm wearing on this cap on my head, this uh, cartoon picture card from Amsterdam. If anybody over the age of three could tell me there's anything highly controversial about this or unacceptable to be on TV or any other goddamn place, then we'll have you immediately put into a goddamn rubber room. Into a straitjacket, into a rubber room. How could anybody possibly believe there's something... Oh, look at that. Just Oh, jeez. Start taping. Yeah, it just fell off, but it's going right back on. What a absolute... How did, how did I get sucked into that? As if we don't have enough trouble here working for a bunch of bush leaguers who put absolutely no effort whatsoever into anything except throw a bunch of crap in here. And, uh, okay, make magic. There you go. go. Go to town. I'm in my hotel room on Saturday, and I'm flipping around the channels in between periods of the late hockey game. 
and I come across the uh, Howard Stern uh, CBS show, okay? And people are, oh, how come you rip off Howard? I've got news for you, okay, for all you Howard fans. And Howard's doing very well, thank you. And he's got 8 million TV shows and the radio show he's on in every market. He's on all over the goddamn world. He's got a staff of about 20 or 30 people that put that show together. The television people, they were in there putting this guy with lupus in a coffin. I sat there for 10 minutes and watched us fascinated, not by the content of the show, because it was the same usual tasteless stuff, whatever Howard does, that people like. And then he had some hooker on there who was as close to stark naked as you possibly could be. And keep in mind, this isn't a cable show. This isn't the show on E. This is the show that airs on over-the-air channels on CBS. And this was a Fox affiliate they were showing it on, on Saturday night. She was as close to naked as possible on all fours. And this guy with the lupus is eating marshmallows and uh, M&Ms or whatever off her bare ass. And I'm thinking to myself, and we, we got no staff, no involvement, no effort whatsoever, and we're going to enter, we're going to attract the TV audience with my sitting there being chopped up and uh, edited out anything I might say. And I got a, a cartoon postcard on my cap here, and that's too controversial for Miami Television. Who were the idiots, Marvin Rawman and others, which I don't want to mention, George, who sucked me into getting involved in this in the first place? Boca Brian and Tom Chauvin were right. Oh! If I'd had any idea. Yeah. They came in with a big Silver phone to dance. Barry Diller. These are people LA, from Hollywood, from TV L.A. People. Oh, they really know TV. They don't know <laughs> squat about TV or about this market or about this show or about what, what they do know I haven't figured out yet. They could screw up a goddamn orgasm, I'll tell you that. They can screw up a wet dream, those people over there at Whammy. This is going to be a big new thing. Yeah. Uh, local. Uh, Cutting edge. Controversial. Right. Man, oh man, do I apologize to myself for getting sucked into a just absolute, un a, not unmitigated, a mitigated goddamn disaster because that's what it is. And the, and the amazing part of it is, even with as little that's gone into putting that thing together, we've still had like, uh, you know, one and two shares most nights. Which is as much as just about, certainly as much or more than any of the locally originated shows, most of which have squiggly lines all the time, and some of which are already gone. Man, oh man, a Shevitz. We have an open line in Broward, 2 and Dade, 5670560, pound 560 on the mobile one line, 1050. QAM, the Neil Rogers Show. As Sally Fitz would say, stick it up your ass. He's the biggest, baddest, brawniest rocker of all time, and he's not taking any prisoners. He's Axel Schwarzenegger. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got everything you want. We blow you all to hell. Axel Schwarzenegger. He's all pumped up and ready to rock. Take me down to Paradise City, where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Or I'll stick a grenade launcher where the sun won't shine. It's military industrial strength rock and roll the way only Axel Schwarzenegger can tell it. You're one ugly motherfucker. Jean-Claude Van Damme is a pussy. Steven Seagal is a kid with a ponytail. The only reason I did a film with DeVito is because he could see my standing up. It's Axel Schwarzenegger exclusively on Terminator CDs, records, and cassettes. If you don't buy this album, I'll be back. Oh, he said Danny DeVito did what? Oh, that's what I thought he said. It's 1101 at 560 WQAM. Here's Sunrise. Hello. Yeah, good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. 
Uh, you know, the people in this town really crack me up. They're not happy unless they're bitching about something. Uh, I lived in Sunrise. Uh, I went to the game Friday night. I left the house at 6.30. Yeah. Okay, they wanted everybody in their seats by 7 mm -hmm. for the pregame. Right. I was there at 10 minutes to 7. I got into the parking lot, no problem. Uh, I went around to the back of the arena. There's a few different uh, areas where you can park with a parking pass. And I had no trouble getting in there, so I don't know what these people are talking about. And when I left, uh, the game was over at 10.40. I was back home at 11 o'clock. Right. I had no problem. The only problem there What's is... What's wrong with these people? If they just lived, uh, you know, five or ten minutes away like you and I do, they wouldn't have any problem. <laughs> well, the problem is that uh, they're still under construction at Oakland Park in uh, Flamingo. Yeah. So there's like a bottleneck there when you're coming west on Oakland Park. But once it's finished, I mean, it's not going to be any problem. There's, of course, you're going to have a little bit of a delay. You're trying to get 20,000 people into the arena. Well, I mean, well let me ask on. you this. The guy at Oakland, uh, I see, I don't know where that guy lives. The first one that called. Now, how come he didn't come down to Sawgrass? Wouldn't that make sense? Because then you drive right in off the... Uh... Yeah, it would seem to me. But uh, well, the problem is there at uh, Oakland Flamingo, you got, you've got people coming off the Sawgrass, and then you got people coming off Oakland Park. And with the construction there, uh, there's uh, like a little bottleneck there. So... I'll tell you when it was worse, eh? when they had the cops directing the traffic, it was even worse. Now they, they let the lights run, you know, just run their cycles. It moves a lot quicker. The, t the cops were screwing it up worse than, uh, than the lights were doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the, you know, other than, uh, the, you know. The so maybe our suggestion is don't come down Flamingo, come down Pine Island. I, would, I wouldn't suggest University because that's the worst road in the history of mankind. Right. But come down Pine Island would be good. Yeah, that's to Sunrise and then go west on Sunrise, yeah. which is now a nice, big, beautiful eight, uh, six lane highway. Exactly. But once the construction is just about 90% done, I mean, once it's done, it's not going to be any problems. You're going to have like four lanes that are going, uh, um, what is it, south there on Flamingo. So it's not going to be a problem once it's done. Of but course but do, they, do they have the lots marked? Because uh, I'll tell you one thing the exhibition game we went to was just uh, utter chaos, and it's a good thing we got there early because nobody had any idea where they were going. And we had to wind up making a U turn and going around the island and coming back. And there were a bunch of kids there like, uh, oh, well, we don't know. And every, everything was blocked off. Like every entrance was basically blocked off. Uh, no, when I got in there, um, like when, you, when they first, when you're coming off 136 there, I think it's called Pat Salerno Drive. That's the, uh, the street that goes around the back of the arena. Uh -huh. uh, the first um, the first entrance. There you go. See, if you live right in the neighborhood, you don't have to worry. You can bicycle on over there. Walk. Park in the, uh, I, I was going to say park in the sawgrass lot, but you can't do that either. Why can't they do it so it's easy, okay? That's the bottom line. Make it easy. Make it simple. You know what I'm saying, Wayne? Does he want to make it fan-friendly no. and easy? No. We have an open line of date, 567. that thing on A&E last night. <laughs> oh. There's no mafia, baby. There's no cousin Ostra. This isn't just a, there's no such thing as a Sicilian mafia. I mean, there's a Sicilian pizza, of course, which most people don't understand what the real thing really is. We know about that. Sicilia, we know what that, and then there's spaghetti Siciliana, which is Siciliana. When they say to you, forget it, they don't know what we're talking about. Two open lines a day, 5670560, Palm 560 on the AT&T wireless line. So we've had very little conversation about the game itself and about how the team looked and the ambiance of the arena, anything else. It's the people are pissed off about the parking. They're pissed off and fired up, and they're not going to take it anymore till next game. Here's West Palm Beach. Hello. Neil, how are you today? Okay, sir. Hey, two things. Have you ever been to the Coral Sky Amphitheater at Palm Beach Fairgrounds? Yes, once, and I will never go back. <laughs> I was going to say, anybody that's been there and had to get in and out of the parking lot, the, the arena can't be any problem. Yeah, but, but that's just a, a county fair. I mean, that's just a cow pasture out there. Yeah, but it's you got park four on the grass. Routes. There's four, four routes in each direction where you could come or go from, except they've got it all fumbled, you know what, 
to where you've got one line, you follow people around like ants going to the hive yeah. for an hour and a half in and Yeah, out. but that, like I said, it's a, it's a county fair. It's a cow pasture. This, this is a big multi-million dollar facility that they had lots of time and spent an enormous amount of money and, uh, and supposedly brain power designing for the ease of people getting in and out. And evidently, uh, it didn't work out so great. How was your weekend? Where'd you go? Great. I went to Toronto, sir, a real living and breathing uh, city. How about those leaves? There you go. Nice weather, too, huh? Yeah, beautiful. 70 degrees, 65, whatever the hell it was. It was great. I just want to check in. I had said something to my brother-in-law about two weeks ago about the Dolphins and the Bills when yeah. they played and the Bills beat, beat, lost to Miami. And he said, what a long season you're going to have. And I said, well, you know, you guys always have a great September, but... Wait till the eight-week mark, and let's see who has a better record. Right now, I'm looking at the Bills of being probably five and three, and the Dolphins three and five. How do you? What do you think? I think that the league sucks. I think I watched some of the games yesterday, and uh, to see them, and I looked at like Philadelphia and Washington, the Toilet Bowl, seventeen to twelve, or the Oakland game, seven to six. I mean, we're we're talking such rampant mediocrity here that it's it's embarrassing. That's without question. That's what they got. That's what they out. wanted. They wanted parity, and that's what they got. They got twenty-eight or thirty, however many the uh, crappy teams. On a closing note, Whammy sucks, of course. If we could get in West Palm Beach, we'd watch it, but they're that weak, and we love you in West Palm. Take okay, care. have a great day. Okay, Daylines are wide open. They don't love me in Dade. They do love me in West Palm Beach, and in my public sport, they love me like crazy. But in uh, Dade County, not too big. Five six seven oh five sixty pound 560 on the AT&T line. Here's Hollywood. Hello. Neil? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm a Sicilian from Rochester, New York. All right. Saw that program. Uh, not the same night you did another night. It's dead on. I miss it. My heart wanders. I think the program called it just the way it was. Yeah. To a certain well, there were until parts. I got to the part about the mafia. Exactly. They got very defensive about. Oh it. no, there's nothing. There's no such thing as mafia. Yeah. No. It was interesting to me that thing about Dago. Dago was a day worker. That's where that's that word came exactly. from. Exactly. Exactly they right. used to go by the day and the work in the day, and that's where the Mafia. word Dago came from. They used to put that in the newspapers in New York, too. And they I think go, Mafia means black hands, if I'm not mistaken. Right, the black hand. That's correct. But uh, the program was uh, heartfelt. Called my wife in, called my kids in, and said, listen, look at some of this. This is your heritage. Yeah. It was really interesting about the immigrants that came over here, and then they made enough money so they could go back to Italy and they tried to build businesses and get back with their families right. and they couldn't make it over there and so that the, they would they would make that trip and of course think about coming on a ship we're not talking about hopping on a plane and being there in nine or ten hours we're talking coming by ship back and forth two three and four times and uh, one other moment my wife and I had the opportunity to go two years ago to Italy and you're right it is utterly incredible oh it's fantastic it's another world got to go again okay pal one other last thing yes sir being from rochester toronto's a great town you can say that again yep i'll read it at you bye okay it's 1108 at 560 wqm we have an open date share easy and i'll pull a goddamn switch oh! here's miami hello hello yes sir yes neil uh, first time caller. I got All right. a couple of complaints I got. Go right ahead. Complaint Monday. People are really coming at the mouth. They're unhappy campers, man. Well, let me tell you. First of all, I sit in the lower bowl. Uh, Gate rolls off the ice. Yeah. But it looks it's more like a movie theater. Heads, you know, you know, on top of you. You can't see the goal. Like row uh, 16. We don't have it in the temp. Uh, I guess I don't know what is the first 10 or 11 rows. Oh, you're in those seats. crappy temporary seats oh, that keep God. falling apart and falling down. and uh... Uh, Yeah, they rock. It, it, this kid was sitting next to me. He kept rocking back yeah, and that, forth. Well, that's for the rock concerts. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, Neil. But... Yeah, the arena rocks, baby. Oh. <laughs> not only that, but leaving the arena, i got to comment off. I've got a lot of calls about that. But yes. Half hour just to leave. I, would, I wasn't moving. One genius in the middle of all of them. <laughs> <laughs>
one last he's thing. Got, he's got his finger in your rectum. One in your wallet and the other uh, somewhere. One last thing. If you look at the scoreboard also, right? Uh, it's, it's kind of confusing. Hey, have a good time or what? No. On Friday. Are they coming back? No. Well, maybe they will, but they're going to like uh, get... I don't want to say it. I don't want to say they're going to get stoned before they come here next time. There he goes again. He's promoting something. Yeah, right. Promote like a brain would be good. Promote some education for some of those assholes in this town. Running radio and television stations that have an IQ smaller than my penis. And believe me, when you talk about small, we have an open line in date, 5670. And that's another thing I'm not too crazy about, by the way, the urinals in the new arena. In the other arena, they have like the walk-in urinals that you like step up to like a real man, you know, even if you're not. And you like uh, pee into the, uh, you, you can stand inside there, kind of hide whatever you got, you know, depending on how small it is, which in my case. But these are the ones that kind of like are shaped like, uh, like what? Huh? What do you, what, like a bull. Like a helping hand. No, not like a helping hand. They're shaped like a goddamn uvula or something. I don't know what they, a help, nothing wrong with a helping hand. But not in the goddamn restroom at the arena, I don't think. Go back to Westland, will you? That's where you'll find your helping hand. And so you've got to, like, stand a little bit of a distance. You can't, like, walk right up into it. So you've got to have, like, a little hangover there. And, like, people are looking around. Oh, and they're just uh, <laughs> laughing up a storm. 2 a.m. Fired up when I hear someone say that. The CD's got the hiccups. Is that what it is? Or did you mung on it on the front? I didn't go anywhere near the city. Yeah, you munged on it. It's 11:31 at 5. It must have been some of that extra grease at 5:60. WQM. By the way, speaking of that, Viagra could save the tiger from extinction. Oh! This fits right in with that bit where you just heard little clips and bits of. The amazing new impotence pill Viagra may wind up saving the endangered tiger from extinction by reducing the demand for their sex organs as aphrodisiacs. The big cat's penis and testicles are prized as virility boosters throughout Asia where they're dried and ground into powder or cooked as foods and consumed by wealthy men. Experts hope that many Asians will turn to Viagra and leave the tigers alone. In China, Viagra sells for $300 a pill on the black market, while tiger penis soup goes for 835 bucks a bowl. I was talking about that. Tiger penis show. soup? Those crazy Chinese killing the tigers. And I suggested that we ship them Viagra. To save the tiger. Well, how do you like that? George is in the World Weekly News. Oh! And of course, how do you tell if a Chinaman's got an erection? Here's a. No, seriously, something to think about, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I think it's, uh, yeah. Here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Lady in Miami. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Hi, this is Marlene. Hi, Marlene. Miami. Yes. I listen to your show every morning. Uh huh. Okay, I'm calling to. Talk about that parking lot at the new arena. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. It's all complaint Monday. We want to let it all out of your system. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Yeah, I went to the Celine Dion concert with my husband and my kids. Right. We had to walk so far. My husband even told me, get off the car. Right. You know, this place is brand new. He's spending millions of dollars in it. And it's ridiculous how much you have to walk. And then to get out, it's true what people say. It's about an hour to get out. Seriously. Okay. Thank see, you. Even though I had nothing to do with it. We have two open lines a day. It's Macaway to Complaint Day. Little did I expect to come back to town and hear this. After the Panthers started out with a two and oh! record in their first two games, they don't care about the hockey stuff. They just want to uh, easy, easy in and out. That's what they want. The ease of in and out. That's uh, what this audience wants. Nice going, Wayne. Once again, you've managed to piss off the public. I saw that arena and I thought to myself, how could anybody not be ecstatic with this? And, of course, I do have very good seats. Thank you. And they do happen to be permanent seats, and they don't rock and roll and, like, uh, fall off the uh, whatever. And they actually do have those cup holders in front, which, quite frankly, uh, we could live without those, you know, because those make your knee room a lot less. I mean, it was a good idea, but uh, not that good. 
And evidently, I must be uh, one of the very few of satisfied customers in here because the rest of these people, almost down to the very last one, are pissed off, baby. They have had it. They're disgusted. They're nauseated and revolted. They want to go back to the old Miami Arena, and that's saying a hell of a lot. Oh, God. Leave it to this town, man. They could screw up anything. Here's Pompano. Hello. Good morning, Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Okay. <clears throat> Here's my comment. Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, other than heavy traffic on 595, we came from Hollywood, Sterling and 56. I think your mother knows near there. Right. No problem whatsoever. Got right in the parking lot, found a spot, got right in the building. This was 7 o'clock. Uh-huh. When the game was over with, got right out, got right on the sawgrass. Okay? Not a problem whatsoever. I think the people that are complaining are the typical late-arriving South Florida fans. you unbelievable, Neil, how many seats were empty at game time. Really? Yeah. And they show up late, and then I, I, I moved downstairs. You know who this is. I'm a Toronto fan. Right. I moved downstairs this year. I'm in the Panthers shoot twice end in 129, row 25. Great view of the goal, great view of the scoreboard. But the fans, up and down, up and down. Talk, 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 Oh, yeah. And we saw that nosebleed territory the last couple years, and they stay in their seats. My only complaint, the great game, Victor Kozlov and Mark Parrish are gods, okay? My only complaints are the same ones you have. You can't see the goal light and no out-of-town scoreboard. That sucks. Yeah, isn't that pathetic? I mean, wouldn't you think they spent hundreds of millions of dollars to build this facility, and supposedly they went, they went to Vancouver, they went to Montreal, they saw all the newest arenas, and they were going to put together, you know, all the best ideas. How could you not have the out-of-town scores up there around the, I mean, Christ Maple Leaf Gardens, which is older, 68 years old this year, they've had that up there for uh, before the Queen was a baby, for Christ's sakes. Right. And, and another thing, it was great to get home Saturday night, put Channel 366 on, and see a real hockey rink in a real city with a real announcer, and you were there, and I wasn't, and I'm jealous. How do you like that, sir? They look pretty damn good, I'll yes. tell you. Yes, they did. one game. It wasn't built today, but the town's pretty pumped up about it. I'm sure, and they, they had un unbelievable for Maple Leaf Gardens on Saturday night. They really had a noisy crowd, you know. Oh, and by the way, I want to tell you this. To give you an example, the difference between the two markets, just one difference. The Toronto Sun and the Toronto Star yesterday kept me busy on a plane coming back. They had so many pages, both papers, about hockey. Not just the Leafs, but about hockey, about every other game and about all the stuff going on. I come back here, my mother has left me the local papers. The amount of coverage in there, especially about anything other than the Panthers, and even about the Panthers, was so minimal you could fit in the thimble. I mean, just, just pathetic. Yeah. What a difference. Yeah, a real newspaper. There you go. Yeah, but, you know, to my message to the hockey fans, get there early. Okay. Stop, stop arriving late. Okay. See. Okay. On their ass. They can't get the hell out. People are parked in the middle of nowhere because it's a little bit disorganized, okay? That's what I think the deal is. Sounds a little bit disorganized to me, which is so unusual here. 22 till... It's not surprising if you know me that I tried to force all the jokes to me. I'm not a pervert, I'm not immoral, I'm just a president who likes a little laurel. So on your knees now, that's in order. We clearly want some love south of the border. You eat it up like a big cucumber. Commander-in-chief likes Doug and Hummer. I just want to get some fellatio. Give me nice and low, oh.
Dave Iguana About to blast off like Apollo The baby ask you if you clear the red WQM, so I owe a big, big apology, I guess, because a couple of weeks ago, what was it, two, three weeks ago, after I came back from vacation, I was just getting about the new arena, and right off the bat, I started getting these complaints. Well, the seats are too narrow, and, and I got very bent out of shape because I thought, well, here we go. It's the usual little group of negative assholes who always find something negative to say about everything, because I had been in that arena, and it looked, mag it looked magnificent to me, okay? Those people that then got bent out of shape and now come to find out we're taking a survey here today. I didn't realize we were going to, but we are. And the overwhelming percentage of the people today are pissed off, not too fired up. They're pissed off and grossed out. Their seats are too narrow. They got their cup holders in front of them. The one guy doesn't have a cup holder. He'd rather have the cup holder than a seat that's fallen down in the first eight rows, which, by the way, must cost an arm and five legs for those seats. And the seats are rocking and rolling. And the parking is impossible, and they got a bunch of kids in there, like, waving in all directions and uh, flipping people off, and nobody knows what the hell's going on. And you can't, you can't get in, and you can't get out. So whether it's a concert, whether it's a hockey game, whether it's a wake, whether whatever the hell it is, people are getting real psychotic. They look at the place, they say, God, it looks really great. It looks beautiful. But there are a few problems here, Wayne few little problems. And from those of us who are hockey fans, those ten of us who are purists and would like to see from a hockey standpoint, the scoreboard and the out-of-town scores and a penalty, the shot clocks, and things uh, put up there like for fans who may understand the game, which like I said is seven or eight of us, we're not too thrilled about that either. And that one little dinky Christmas light on there, come on, Wayne. Here's Miami Beach. Hello. Uh, Neil. Yes, sir. Hi, uh, spy report for you. Um, I haven't already talked about this, but I've known for a couple of weeks. Uh, Phil Henry's new CD is coming out on the 17th. That's okay. Five days from now. Well, we aren't going to be diddling with that till after New Year because we got to take care of our own first till uh, January. Oh, well, all right. Anyway, I wanted to ask you about something. As you were talking about The Godfather, have you ever seen this like movie called The Godfather Saga or something yeah, like that? Sure, lines? I've got it. Oh, yeah, where it's the two movies put together, the first two. Right. Run in chronological order. Right. And then there's a lot of new scenes. Well, they also have the one with all three of them on there in chronological order, which I don't know what the hell they call that, but I've got that, really? too. Yeah, the trilogy. Okay, I mean, this is something different. It has different scenes. Right. You know, they, where they, it has, they, like, they, a scene with, uh, where they go to see the old consigliere dying. Right. Okay. Is that, yeah, I saw it once. I saw, like, a censored version on, like, Lifetime once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, great. how do you go about getting that? Just remember one thing. It's a, huh? You can get that. You can get it in the uh, in a video store. Right, I've never seen it. Sure. Okay. It's out there. Just remember, there's no such thing as the Mafia, pal, or La Cosa Nostra. It's only fiction by a bunch of uh, bigots out there who don't like Italian. So we had a bad bad bowl of spaghetti once in their life. Then maybe they're eating Franco-American. That would make you surly, too. They don't like those Italians so much, so they made up all these stories. Yeah. Michael Corleone did this, and Michael Corleone did that. Yeah. Bunch of bullcrap. 
We have an open line in Dade, 5670560 and pound 560. I mean, it was such a good documentary last night, and they showed some scenes from Italy, and it made me feel very emotional, and all these grease bombing music. Oh, and you know that when the Italians first came here, the enormous waves of them back in the uh, after the turn of the century, in the teens and the early 20s, they were considered, which maybe some of our Julios can relate to this, they were considered by the government not to be white because they were somewhat, you know, olive-skinned. So they weren't considered to be like the real honest-to-God white cup, which I'm sure Hitler would have been proud of those attitudes. And, of course, which made it that much harder for them to get jobs and stuff like that because they were considered to be like uh, some other category. They're Latin. I'm, I'm just going to ignore anything you okay. say at this point about anything racial, ethnic. I'm just going to ignore it because I had some bad experiences at Miami International Airport yesterday on the way back. With some people. Oh, I don't want to say where they were from. I don't want to say what their attitudes were, that they were arrogant, obnoxious, and I wish the hell that they weren't here. I don't want to say that because I don't create these stereotypes. You know that. But, God, get off the road. Get out of my way. Get a life. This is America. We don't do things here like that. You can't go to Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that. Oh, God, get with the program, okay? Stop this. See, people that come here with a banana boat mentality, they live like banana boat people. They drive like banana boat people. They walk around like banana boat people. They're rude like banana boat because they don't understand American culture, whatever the hell it is. You know what I'm saying? So how the hell do I get started on that? You did it again. Here's a mobile in Coral Springs. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Celine Dion, one hour and 15 minutes from the sunrise exit off the Sawgrass to the arena. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. From the sunrise exit of the sawgrass to the arena? Correct. You can, you can walk from there in 30 seconds. Almost. I should have. And when we got into the parking lot, there was, there was no place to park. And the, the idiot attendants were just saying, just leave your car. Just park it wherever you want. And people were. I mean, right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, like in the middle of the street. Like right out there in the middle of Sunrise Boulevard would be good. Just pull it up on the sidewalk. So... Well, anyway, last Friday I'm down there picking up tickets for another event. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of people looking for Panthers tickets. And the only tickets they had were single seats in the lower bowl for 65 bucks. Yeah. And the seat, there were no two seats together. Now, are those in the regular seats or the rocker seats? That I don't know. They were all, they were like 121. The ones one, that fall off the moorings. But, so, there's a bunch of pissed off people down there. They can't get two seats together. Well, Fat Hank comes on. And he's down at the arena broadcasting, and the first thing he says is, and don't worry, there's plenty of seats available for tonight's game. Hey, stupid. Yeah. So, so I call him, and I spoke to his producer, let him know. I said, hey, look, you know, I was just down there. There's not plenty of seats. And this guy's arguing with me. He's going, oh, no, we're getting this information from the Panthers management. And well, he should have known that full of crap. There's plenty of seats available, so hurry on down. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, someone's going to talk to someone. Yes. But... So anyway, what are there, 7,500 general parking spots down there? That's what we're told, yeah. Why don't they have a lot where if you have four or more people in the car, okay, you get special parking, you can park a little bit closer, encourage carpooling Hey, I've got a great idea. I know this is revolutionary, but why don't they, like, make some kind of a deal or lease it out? Why don't they make a deal with the sawgrass where they can have, like, not buses, but those trams, you know, all over... You know, it just makes too much sense where they could take people like they used to do at the racetrack where you park sure, like uh, a mile away or a half mile away, and they tram you right to the arena and then uh, take people back. Right. I mean, the $10 you, you save on parking, you could go in and spend that on a bag of french fries in there or something. They're right. going to get their money one way or another. Right. 
So, all right, well, I think inside the arena is very nice, but outside, man, they have their head up there. Beep. Okay. Glad you had a good time. Okay, so far it's virtually unanimous. Oh. They said the place sucks. God, we struck a raw nerve today. <laughs> Little did I realize, huh? Sure hope for the benefit of you Torontonians up there when they open the Air Canada Center in February that you don't have the same problems out there. Because one thing about Maple Leaf Gardens, you get, uh, you know, right downtown, right in the middle of uh, Young and Carlton there, or you just hop off the subway right there on the street corner and you walk about a block, uh, three-quarters of a block, and you're right there. It's like conveniently located and you don't have to worry about a goddamn thing. But like I said, this one's convenient for me. But anyway, let's go to uh, Coral Springs. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Great. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. And we're taking notes. The, the two good things. They put shots on goals at each corner, so you can see that now. What do you mean each corner? In each corner of the arena, they have a, a, a sign with the shot on goal. So where it used to be just at one end, now wherever you no, sit, No, no, it, it was always that. on both ends, but it's way up, uh, way on the end. I well, mean, they, like... they did a little bit of better job with that, and okay. they put in a great goal horn. Now oh, here's yeah? the negatives. Just a little dinky light. The lines are still just as long. There's no out-of-town scores. And for that asshole old bastard that called in and said everybody's complaining, when I pay $2,000 a year for seats, I will bitch all I want. Oh, yeah. I turn the corner. And not only, I mean, look at the price of everything. Price for the seats, the price for the parking, the price for the food. I mean, it should be so good that they, uh, you know, give you a body massage when you uh, walk in there and on the way back out. Neil, I turn the corner at 136. I turned off Flamingo onto 136. Right. At 6:57, I walked into the arena at 7:50. Wait, wait a minute. You you turned off Flamingo on 136? I came down Oakland, got through that traffic area, no you mean problem. You turned off Sunrise on 136. No, I'm on I'm on Oakland Park. I get to Flamingo. I make my left. Okay. Now on Flamingo, you make a right on 136, which is right by the arena. No. Yes. No, Flamingo and 136th run. But and after they got us in, told us there were no seat, no parking spots, and had us go back out of the parking lot. Oh. Then I had to go back down the Parkway. I, I wound up parking next to a curb in a turn lane on Panther Parkway and just said to hell with it. If they tow it, they tow it. Mm -hmm. they, got, they had a cluster of ten kids when I pulled in with little flashlights in their hands, all talking BS into each other. Yeah. Nobody's saying where well, to go. Maybe they were looking for it, yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, and I don't want to complain about it. No, that's, this is that's the purpose. Let's get it out of our system today and let these people know we're pissed off. We're not going to put up with this crap for the next 50 years. I want, I, the, the arena is beautiful inside. And right. The team looked great. Everything was great. The lines are still a little long, but, you know, I figured, hey, it's opening night. People are buying a lot of stuff. Maybe that'll die down. I don't bit. understand why the line should be long. Allegedly, they built all these uh, food courts and yeah. all these concession stands and was supposed to be like 100 times better than the other joint. My ass. Yeah. Out the doors for the bathroom lines, 30 yeah. people in line for concession. But like I said, that didn't bother me so much because I go... But at least there were, no, the there, were no lines, there were no lines in the restrooms, though, right? Yes, there were. There were In the restrooms? Yes, there were. How the and, hell could there be? But see, that doesn't bother me as much because I'm smart enough to get up five minutes before the period's right. over and get my oh, stuff yeah, and go back to my seat. Got to do that. But getting into the place, I don't know about getting out because I left with like two minutes left. Right after that third... The fourth goal was scored. Mm -hmm. I jumped up and ran out. Right. But getting into that place was just, uh, it was easier to get into the Miami arena. 
it's unbelievable. And I don't know if it was just because it's opening night or whatever, but it's a catastrophe. Well, what do you mean because it's opening night? I mean, we're anticipating supposedly we're going to be selling out all the campus. Oh! He had a great time, didn't he? No. It is virtually unanimous. These people are psychotic, and they don't know what the hell hit them, man. They went there expecting a just zoom right in there, just like Joe Robbie Stadium. Could be. Could be spectacular. You drive right in off the turnpike. The only problem is once you get in, you got a bunch of assholes. you got a bunch of cops and a bunch of other uh, traffic-directing uh, goofballs there. And then they put up all those cones, and they block off all... If they would just leave everything wide open, you'd get the hell in and out of there. No problem at all. Getting out of Joe Robbie Stadium, that, I mean, PP uh, Park, that's the best. That is the all-time best. Oh, and you can't go left there and go on the turnpike. Why? Well, we don't know because we got all those cones up there and people are crossing the street. They sure know how to do it here, don't they? No. For all that money that you're paying out, how to ensure your comfort and your maximum enjoyment of whatever the hell you're going to see? No. Open line and Dave, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. 11.56 on QA. They found the uh, Swiss Army knife. That was one of the pieces of evidence they had. Swiss Army knife that was used to cut the masking tape that they bound JonBenet's mouth with, like a, about a room away. Then it belonged to the uh, little kid. So what they're saying is that Mommy used the kid's Swiss uh, Swiss Army knife to cut the masking tape. But I just mentioned these things in passing. They're a little bit slow there. They're working on it. They got the grand jury going out there in Boulder in one of these years. We have an open line in uh, Dade and Two and Broward, five six seven zero five sixty and pound five sixty on a mobile one line. Here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Neil? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Neil. Now, I want to tell you about my experience. Okay, Friday great. Night. Here we go. Mark down another one. It was great. My seat is, I have the best seat in the whole arena. Yeah. Section 129. Right. Well, it was, uh, I had the day off, but, uh, so everything was perfect. Well, what about getting out? Uh, there was a line of traffic uh, on uh, 136 to get on to 595 East, uh, maybe 20 minutes. Okay. I got you down. Okay. See ya. Bye. There's one happy camper. Let's hear it. Oh. We got one lady. She's uh, not, no complaints. Food was great. Easy in, easy out. Of course, she got there one in the afternoon. But uh, there you go. She's happy. Got the best seat in the house. Her seat isn't falling off the moorings. Seat isn't too thin. Seats are too narrow, by the way. They cut them back because they got to get in all those extra seats so Wayne can make back all the money he lost the first five years. And like I said, it's hard for me to relate to it because I have a seat out there on the aisle. Boy, did I get lucky or uh, uh -huh. or what? I'm right out there on the aisle. 
So you can kind of like hang out halfway your big fat ass over the edge of the seat and one leg out in the aisle. Don't have to worry about that crap. But everybody else pinched in in real narrow seats. They got a cup holder in front of them. So you have to like have your knees up, which is pretty comfortable for what, two and a half, three hours? Here's Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. But it's good practice for getting all hunched up in a car waiting for two hours to get out. Yes, sir. How you doing, Neil? Great. Good. I got a complaint, man. Okay. I got this 300-pound tank sitting next to me in my section. So when I bought my food, I had to go all the way up to the top and eat my food. Yeah. It was awful. If she gets up when the pants are slow, everyone's going to end up on the ice. And I take the whole road with Oh, she's in the upper deck? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Give me new meaning to the expression belly flop. Can you see her flying out of that upper bowl? Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Are the seats as narrow downstairs as they are upstairs? Yes. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Okay. I want my money back. Right here. <laughs> this is the best. This is the greatest moment of my life. Like I said, sometime, there's a good lesson for all you people out there. Sometime in life you see something and it looks really great. I mean, just spectacular. Then you get a little bit closer, and it stops looking quite as good. Then you get, like, intimately involved with it, and, oh, get out of here fast. Woo! By the way, speaking of that, bad breath is grounds for divorce, says Rabbi. Boy! Bad breath, says a senior rabbi in Israel, is grounds for divorce. Rabbi Shlomo Gorin said an ancient Jewish law mentioned bad breath as a legitimate reason to split. Now that he's cleared the air, several couples have filed for divorce on grounds that their partners have... Halitosis. Holitosis. Oi! Two open lines in date. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the mobile one line. It's complaint about the Macarena Day here Ow. on QAM. Hey, listen, these people are, they're not making these stories up. They have no reason. They went there with the best of intentions, with the best of hopes. They laid out a gigantic amount of money. Some of them probably had a mortgage to the goddamn house to buy their season tickets and pay for the parking, et cetera, and so on. And they went there expecting the best, and did they get it? No. Here's a mobile in Medley. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Greetings. Um, three things for you. Number one, you were talking about Howard earlier. It's funny. I started listening to him lately, but really the only reason I listen to him is because he's got, like, maybe interesting guests. But I got an argument with everybody that has to listen to Howard. You shouldn't lick your ass. Um, you got 20, 30 people there. You handle it by yourself. He yeah. doesn't take any calls. No, but my point was for, forgetting about Howard because Howard does his thing, and if you like him, fine. But but the TV show, that's that's my point. If you're going to have a TV show that's going to attract people to tune into it, there has to be some work put into in, in the production that's on the air. You can't just photograph a guy sitting in a room empty and then chop it all up and censor out anything that he might say that might be uh, you know outlandish you, and expect to get an audience. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's no effort that goes in there. These whammy people have made no financial commitment. They've cut back on the staff and the production staff we got over here. It's just there. It's like a time filler. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, another thing, one word for your uh, problem with the arena, go pad. Get a motorized little scooter, you can fold it up, carry it with you in the arena, put it right in front of you, no problem. Um, and uh, a little warning for people that are driving by the uh, immigration office down on Biscayne and 79th Street. Yeah. There, there's some kind of demonstration, Honduras or something there, Chan, and holding oh, up right. their flag. Great. Going nuts. Right, you know? Thanks for the good news. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we have an open line in Dade 1 in Broward, 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the uh, mobile one line. We got one lady there and then the guy, the old guy from Rochester, my Maple Leaf fan or whatever the hell that guy is. We got two people so far that are happy, and we've got 15,672, I'm keeping track, who are really pissed off. 
They aren't too happy. They're not happy with the parking. They're not happy with the seats. They're not happy with the uh, with the ambiance, with no out-of-town scores. See, that may have been okay in the old arena, the Miami arena. It wasn't okay, but I guess the rationale being, well, it's new down here. We don't have many of that hockey fans. We just care about the Panthers. We don't care about what's going on in the other game because these people don't know from uh, the other games anyway, which was a bunch of crap. But nevertheless, that might have been the excuse. But when you spend this much money to build this so-called, and I love the way they keep touting it as the greatest facility in, in the country. They've been to all the other arenas. This is the best one. And I say, uh, no way. No way. With those chintzy little goal lights and no out-of-town scores and the shot clocks 50 million miles away on each end that you can't see with the binoculars, uh, that's not my idea of uh, fan-friendly. Love my seats. Love location. Love my parking. Love where the arena is. But other than that... We're starting to develop some real serious chinks in the armor here. A.M. My God, is that thing real? Well, that could be some serious problems there tonight. You know what I'm saying? Could be some real... Okay, where are we going? Let's go to uh, Hollywood. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Is that the arena the other night? Yes. Uh, it sucks. When the experience was uh, a debacle. Yeah. Okay. First thing is, I'll start you off. In the morning, I did attempt to go buy Panther Pack tickets. Okay, um, why do they have to uh, accommodate people when they do the pan? Like if a concert goes on sale that day, that just screws everything up. So everybody who goes there for the Panther seats are screwed because Journey was coming. Oh, I mean, great. Journey. The last time I saw Journey was like in 1978. I mean, come on. Exactly. Okay, so then I find a way to get tickets. You go up there and you're thinking. I'm in the Pembroke Pines area, not that far, right down the road. How, yeah. You know, it's almost like going to PP Park. You're 10 minutes away, but it takes an hour to get in. I mean, nothing but trouble once you get to near that Sawgrass area. And I did find out that they got the same bunch of assholes working at all the arenas. Because I found somebody that he worried, he brag, oh, I go to the concerts. I go, what do you do? Oh, I work this secure. They don't get They just show up. They got bodies and jackets just waving flags. The same bunch of idiots that can't park you at the arena mm -hmm. or at the PP Park mm -hmm. or at Sawgrass. So mm -hmm. you got the same mental attitude. Great. So, you know, and then leave it. Forget it. You know, you, I could have waited for Metro Rail up there the way it was going. <laughs> Stop building the you track. You could have waited for them to build it, yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, all this money and all this stuff going into it, like that guy said, if I spend two grand or even 50 bucks for tickets, I can complain. I'm supposed to be able to get in, sit in my seat, enjoy the game, and get out of there in a fairly organized manner. Right. Which none of them happen except enjoying the game part. Okay, glad you had a good time. Okay, they're all, it's virtually unanimous, baby. Oh. They said it sucks. The experience was grotesque. Can it, can it get any worse? No. Man, this is a real fly opener for me. Of course, keep in mind that after I was there was an exhibition game. I got the preferred parking, which is real nice, but even that was screwed up trying to find out where the hell it was. And you walk right in there up the escalator, and there were, there were I would say, I don't know, eight or 9,000 people there that night. The place was about half full because it was an exhibition game, and we left after one period. So, I mean, you zip right out in five seconds, and I thought, boy, this is great. This is sensational. And sitting on the aisle, like I said, I didn't notice that the seats are like, uh, you know, monkey size. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. We'll be getting fined for that. Did he say monkey size, as in like a banana-eating uh, ape, something like that? Here's Miami. Hello. Good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, Neil. I, I didn't go to the arena, but, you know, I just want to let you know the local station, Channel 7, you know, they had to jump on the in the bandwagon because, uh, you know, there's no more hurricanes out there, so they had to find something. They found the fattest man in the arena for an interview, and he was complaining that he couldn't fit in his seat. 
Yeah. So I, I own, uh, you know, uh, Shapiro, you know, I mean, if he's going to do a report, do a report about the game or something. I mean, you don't have to look for the worst thing in the arena. Yeah. To let people, I mean, that was... Uh, I would have thought Hank would have been in our skybox. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, thanks for the good news, sir. Just a joke, Hank. Although I saw Hank on the ESPN, was it this morning I saw it? He was doing the football thing. And TV does make you look a little bit bigger. We have an open line in uh, date, 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the mobile one line. Here's a mobile in Isla Morada. Hello. Mr. Rogers. Yes, sir. On the day of the death of your TV show. Okay, get a new phone, okay? It sounds like this guy's mobile phone uh, sleeps with the fishes. Say hi to Luca, by the way, too, okay? God. Two open lines in date, 5670560 oh, and pound 560 on the mobile one line. I got news for that TV show was dead before the day it went on the air. If I would have only known, if I would have had any idea who I was dealing with over there and what they had in mind and how they were going to jerk us around, uh, we never would have got on the air. Here's Miami. Hello. Yeah. Yes, sir. It was a disaster. Yeah. Well, the parking was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I think his experts, when they went out to the other arenas, looked around, they came back to Wayne and they said, you know what? Don't put in enough parking. We'll get the people there about an hour and a half early just to fight for parking. Then they can come inside and spend their money yeah, on the food, food and right. on the souvenirs. Yeah, the best deal is show up around noon. You can have lunch and dinner there. Exactly. I mean, he's out, he's out for the dollar. I mean, I sit behind the Panthers bench. You know the new tunnels they have that come out to the bench? Yeah. I'm two rows behind the tunnel. All the people around there are the same people that we had at the arena. We have a family in front of us. Uh, they have four seats. They bought two more. So now they have six seats. They're the road directly behind the tunnel. So the uh, exhibition games, there's no problem because you can look out, they put a piece of plexiglass up there, there's no problem. They come to the first game of the season, what's in front of the plexiglass? A new sign advertising Budweiser. Mm -hmm. And can they see over the sign and see the ice? No. They put the sign too high. And they complained. And they said, okay, we'll send somebody down to talk to you. Nobody came down to talk to them. So the little boy sits in the seat and looks at the back of a sign the whole game. Uh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. You'll see it when you go to the next there game. There are signs that are blocking your view from your seats? Yeah, I thought there was unobstructed views in the whole uh, arena. I guess not. I guess they waited until uh, the first real game before they started putting up all the uh, BS, you know. I mean, it's I mean, the new sign, they realized, hey, we got advertising here. When the players come in and out, mm -hmm. the cameras are on them. They, it's a sign you could tell. It wasn't planned to go there. They just put it up last minute kind of deal. It's an electronic sign or whatever. Big black sign, but they put it too high. Even adults, when you look over it, you can't see the ice near the Panthers bench. You lose that whole sight line. You see about where the blue circle, where the circle is there, the face-off circle. Yeah. From there into the board, you can't see the ice. You know, I'll tell you something. I always like that Miami arena. You know, it's kind of <laughs> nice, had a friendly feel to it, real yeah. loud, enthusiastic. I know. You pulled in for the parking the other night, and I was there five minutes to seven. I pulled in, whatever. I had parking pass and everything, and. I'm going around, I can't find stations. I go to the guy, where do I park? You know what they do? There's those little roads within the parking uh, lots themselves right. that get you spots. They go, just pull over here to the right and just park right there. In the middle of the road? Yeah, after the middle of the road. That's where they told and they probably lined it. I said, hell with that. I went up, I went almost to the front door as close as I could get. I found a dead area where it wasn't blocked anything. Anybody? Pull up, park right there. No problem, walk right in. I don't plan on blocking every game, but you know what? I might have to because I think they uh, oversold passes and didn't fill no spots. Yeah, I think if you get there late uh, for the upcoming game, you just park like in the middle of uh, Panther Parkway there, like in the middle of the street, like maybe up on the median in the middle of the street. Yeah, and I mean, they, and they took so many spaces away within the lots with all these little islands. 
It's a parking lot. Right. Let's put spaces, not islands. Yeah, that's right. We didn't need all the palm trees in the islands. That's a very good point. They got all that crap that they put in there, which cost them a lot of extra money, by the way, to build it instead of more parking spaces. Well, these are tree and a palm tree for shade. The games right. are at night. Exactly. Okay, I'm glad you had a good time. Thank you. Okay, so far we've got 48,000 uh, votes, and except for two of them, they're all negatory. Did you have a great time? No. It sucked is what they're saying. Which is just a shock to me, because like I said, you go in there and you look at it, and uh, in the embryonic stages, it looked like it was going to be spectacular. Certainly new and shiny and glitzy, like anything that's brand new. But was it built with any kind of concept? I mean, who the hell were these bozos that designed this thing, that designed the parking, that designed the access roads, that designed the... Uh, the who the hell are the people that hired these uh, five-year-old kids? Must be the same people that hired the help here at QAM. They like little kids over here because they work cheap. That's right. And they sound really good, too. Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, Neil, hi. Maybe you can help me out here. You, okay. You're the, you're the uh, Italy maven. Uh, caught a great fair. Going for two weeks. I'm, I'm leaving Wednesday night. Uh, leaving out of, of Miami, going to, uh, to Rome, coming back from Milan. However, it's October, never went there in October, calling on the telephone, and all I'm hearing is, oh, I'm sorry, sir, we're booked. It's the altissimo season. What, have you been there in, in October? What, what sure. can I expect? What, what do you mean, what can you expect? I, I'm hearing everything's booked. I usually go there in the spring, and you, you, when you call them directly on the phone, speak a little Chinese-Italian, uh, the price comes down in half. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to get into the Jolie, booked all three hotels in Rome, everything. We wind up... Thing, um, eight kilometers north of the city center in some, I don't know what the Oh, my is. God. What do I do? Should I expect this all, well, all don't, down don't you, have a, don't you have a travel agent? You're making the calls direct? Uh, yeah, because we usually wind up getting half the price. My wife speaks Italian, and I speak it like a Chinaman. Yeah, but are you, uh, are, are you that desperate to get half the price that you want to stay eight, eight kilometers north of the city? I don't know. To, that you're going to have to take a cab everywhere that you go? No, no, no. Got myself a new Alpha waiting for me. Always driving Italy. Love oh, it. Well, then, then what's the problem? But should I expect to see this even worse up in Milan? Is October really this high season? Yeah, May, May and uh, October, May and September and October, sure. I think vote. Well, what, what does that mean? It means Isn't I'm going to bang but, my head. But, but wait a minute. Are you telling me that you just take off and you go uh, 5,600 or 6,000 miles across the world without a hotel reservation? You're just going to zip up to Milan and then hope to find a hotel? Only for the first night and the last night. On the way, it's potluck. Usually do real well. Usually do real well. Never went in October. Shocked at what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm shocked at what I'm hearing. I can't believe that anybody doesn't make a reservation in a hotel before they travel that far away. Flying by the seat of my pants. Oh, again, hotel reservations, landing, and the day before I'm leaving. Yeah. It, 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 hello from Neil. Tell him in the Trattoria to have a great time. Okay, good luck to you, pal. I'll see you in the Pensioni. That's where he's going to wind up staying, in the Pensioni. Up on the third floor there with a half a star on the sign out there, that's where this poor guy is going to be staying. Okay, we have two open lines in Broward, 5670560 and Pound 560 on the mobile one line. Achapikia, that's all I can say to you, sir. You travel like a, a schlepper is the way you travel. Unbelievable. I'm just going to show up. I'll find me a nice hotel. I'll, yeah, right. And they'll uh, knock half the price off. Sure they will. <laughs> 26 a.m. Feel right. Oh, God. Look at this. Look man. Start on this thing, and I'm going to wrap it all year long. You jackass. I like guys. I'm going to lay down on myself. Well, all right. Sports fans.
Lift off, baby. And not anxious to come back anytime soon. Well, thank God we got no home games this week. Our next home game is until a week from a Wednesday, I think, 23rd. We have it on. We should give them plenty of time to, like, revamp their whole concept on who the people are that are parking in there. I, I don't understand. There's this enormous, massive tract of land there where they built the arena. There isn't any excuse, any reason in the world. It's not that they didn't have enough space to build enough parking spaces or to, to, or to lay it out in a way that was, like, conducive to uh, figuring out. Because if they weren't able to do it Friday night, how are they ever going to be able to do it? Because obviously the people who are in charge of doing it are like the people in charge of running, are like a Maddie Lesham. Maybe maybe Maddie's in charge of the parking at uh, the Mad, Mad Arena, which would explain a lot. Here's Palm Beach. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, I don't know if you saw Steve Shapiro's story about the seats. No. I was the guy that was that he was interviewing, and he didn't find me because you had some foreigner call up early and say he found the fattest guy in the arena. Right. I'm no fatter than you. And I can't fit in the seats. And I want to invite you to come and sit next to me. I have four seats that I'm stuck with for the whole year. Really? I can't even sell them because I took people to Hockey Fest to see where my seats are. Right. And they sat down in them and said, we ain't buying these. I can't fit in them. Well, well I'm stuck what, with them. What section are you in? Uh, 105. Row. 105? Yep. It's a lower seat. Two yeah. rows over to the right, the seats are bigger. Yeah. I, I pointed it out to Steve Shapiro. I have the tape. Oh, so, in other, so in other words, some of the seats are big and some of them are narrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the same price. You, I'm on a, I got four seats for the next game against L.A. I'll send you one. You come and sit in my section between me and my three friends, and we'll all be squashed in like sardines. Oh, no, I'll sit in my regular seat, but I'll, I'll, right. I'll, uh, before the game, I'll come over and I'll take you up. I'll put my ass in your seat and see. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring a, a crowbar to make sure I get out. Section 105, row 16. Okay. The end seat. I even well, have I'm, it. I'm in 101.16. So, well, wait a minute. You're in the end seat? Yes, and the end seat, even the armrest comes off on it. <laughs> but the three people to the left of me can't fit. I'm not the only one. Oh, my and God. And like, like I said, uh, I complained to the Panthers. They offered to move me upstairs. I said, well, I've been down here since since 93. Yeah. You know, now you're going to move me upstairs because the seat's bigger. I want to meet the guy who drew these stupid plans up to keep people out of these sizes of seats. They got a girl weighing 90 pounds sitting in a big seat. Yeah. You know, and they got guys like me and you. Well, maybe they should have arranged this by weight. They should have. I put my weight down on the damn application. Why don't they look sure, at Sure, me it? too. Well, they should. They should give us those seats that are just sitting on the uh, concrete ledge there. I would put down like 195 to 210 just to make sure I had a little leeway. But they shouldn't have falsified the fact that all seats are equal. And, and give some people thinner seats. Do you, you, you realize when you're building an arena like that, and, and you supposedly have professional people laying yeah, out I want to meet how, the idiot. How brilliant do you have to be to make sure, I mean, you figure out how much space you've got, and then you divide one number by another number, and the seats all have to be the same size they're if you've got any brain. They're not. That's why. They've got several seats, set rows that are the narrow seats so they can fit an extra seat in that Unbelievable. Row. Yeah, and I would like to meet the guy who designed it, because... He is discriminating against average Americans. Maybe if the whole arena... Bad people, yeah. Well, maybe if the whole arena was full of Japanese people, it would be fine, but it's not. You know. Maybe that's the plan. we got fat Americans eating the lousy French fries they got there. You ever shop at the Sawgrass? Maybe yeah, uh... I don't go there anymore. Okay. But okay, then they got the pal. seasoned French fries. Who wants that? I yeah. want regular French fries. Okay, I'll be over to see you. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. What a mitigated freaking disaster. What a disaster. 
We got some bunches of seats that like rock and roll, and they like uh, float and fumble and uh, bumble around all over the place. And those are way down low seats that people paid an arm and a leg for. Then we got some seats that are like uh, narrow, some seats that are narrower than that, and some seats that even the Chinese couldn't fit in. We got a parking situation that is absolute utter chaos. Like, well, just to park anywhere, okay? And good luck to you and uh, try to remember where you were. And hope that when you come out, maybe that some of the other people that are parked all over the road in front of you might be leaving early. See, and I'm going to tell you one thing. Back in the Miami arena, we had a bunch of assholes. If anybody ever left a game early, oh, you're leaving early. Even if it was like 6 nothing or something like that. Oh, you're leaving early. Anybody that gets criticized for leaving early in this place, I got news for you. This is a couple of free shots to whoever's doing the criticize. Absolutely, positively, very believable for this town. And these people are running around shooting off their mouths. Oh, well, this is the most beautiful facility in North America. And everybody tells us, yeah, like I said, it may look good, you know, in pictures. It may look good on television. But in terms of the comfort, in terms of the accessibility, in terms of the uh, anything... It's turned out to be, according to like every single report except two, we've had 47,268,000 calls today, and except for two, they all said, it sucked, which I'm just uh, shocked. Takes a lot to shock me. It's enough to make me flip my cap, but I'm not going to do it. Here's a mobile in Cooper City. Hello. Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay, sir. Listen, I was away for about a month, so Friday was the first time I stepped into the arena. Yes, sir. And uh, far be it for me to say anything nice, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the parking is it's a little ridiculous the way they set it up, so everyone comes in one entrance, and sort of all the parking is on one side. But I got there kind of early, so I didn't have any trouble, although you got to walk about a half a goddamn mile yeah. to get there. That's good for you. Yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, it's a brand-new place. It's big. It's expansive. You know, and, and frankly, I, what's this about wide seats and narrow seats? Well, maybe you, maybe you had a wider seat. I guess, because I, I felt to me like a normal-sized seat. Some of these about, guys can't stick their, their rectum into the seat. <laughs> That's unbelievable that they would make different-sized seats. I did notice the seats way down sort of had a temporary look to them, the first yeah. uh, seven, eight rows, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think they brought in a few sofas. They brought in a few recliners. <laughs> but you know what? It was hockey, and I was seeing hockey again, and we played two lousy teams, and we're 2-0. Uh -huh. That's the good news. Okay. So listen, I, I was thing. I was away. I heard you say that you were in Bologna on this trip. Yes. And? And did you like it? I lived there for five years. That was okay. I, w I wouldn't go back. It was interesting. Yeah, how come you even went there? Why Bologna? Because you got to see more than just Rome and uh, Florence and Milan. i got to see all of Italy. you got to uh, try new things. That's true. you like the food? The food was very good. Yeah, the food is great in Bologna. Tagliatelle Bolognese was very oh, good. Super duper. Yeah. Well, listen, good talking to you. And you'll see next week. It's really not that bad. Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> Bye. Okay, I'll be walking over. Yeah, if I was smart, I could just about walk over. Either that or I'll just park over there at Borders. And walk over. Hello, I want to make sure I say hi to my little lady friend over there, the one with the glasses that thinks I'm an asshole. That every time somebody goes in there and buys the best stuff. Oh, what are you listening to him for? He's an asshole. I would give you some borders totals, by the way, but we don't have any, I guess, because of the holiday today. We're having a little trouble getting this thing coordinated, our Center One fundraiser. We're doing pretty good, though, from what the, those numbers you gave me. We're off to a real good start. You can get the best of meal volumes one and two at any of the eight borders in South Florida. A.M. You son of a bitch. 560 WQM. Channel 10's going to be here tomorrow. Oh! Want to be something? If all the other TV shows in town wind up showing this uh, cartoon postcard that I got from Amsterdam with the lips and the seven joints in it that says Stone Forever, wouldn't that be something, huh? Uh -huh. From every other station in town, but the station that's supposed to be carrying my goddamn show, Neil, at night every night at 1030. 
They won't show it, will they? No. Because they're a bunch of pussies over there. Oh, we're cutting edge. You're not cutting edge. You're cutting the crap is what you are. And I think it's time for you to cut the goddamn crap is what it ought to be. Crap. Over there. Man, oh, man. And Rob Kaplan's running around here. Oh, well, gee, we did a really great job putting the show together. Yeah, right. Long, ponderous phone calls that I wouldn't wish on Godlam Hitler and Ava Brown just before they pulled the trigger. Oh, in fact, most of the calls you put on there wouldn't be enough to make them pull a trigger. There you go. See you, Adolf. God. See, the, the epitome of whammy is the fact that after four and a half months on the air, it's still TV from here. TV from the... They, they, they still can't get the press. They can't finish anything, okay? It's like it's like announcement interrupters, no matter what it is on there. TV from here. Come on, you can spit it out. Get it out of there. From here. Uh, yeah. Everything is clipped. Everything is chopped. Five-year-old kids running the joint over there. We have bought state-of-the-art equipment. Yeah, the only problem is they don't know anybody, have anybody over there knows how to run it. It reminds me of Max. Let's get uh, great Max the engineer back from uh, Paxson. Oh, yeah, we got all these great, uh, yeah, they did spend a lot of money on equipment over there. Did anybody know how to make it work? No. no. Mad Max, he was too busy. Well, I like to flirt. I like to eat. I like to flirt. I like... Every day he'd come in and go through the same speech. Would he fix the equipment? No. Oh, he'd stand there and make a speech for me before I go on the air. I like to eat. I like to flirt. I like to schmooze. I like to eat. We should have had a song about that. That would have been a great Folk Brian song. I like to eat. I like to flirt. I like to schmooze. Do I like to do any work? No. no but, hey, that's Mad Max for you, man. That's the same thing over there at Whammy. They got, uh, you know, the best uh, crap that money can buy. The best crap that money can buy. And a bunch of five-year-old kids. Buy. Oh, how the hell did we make this thing work? I'll never forget as long as I live. Those first, how many was it? The first hundred nights? The first 200 nights we were on that thing? It's the... Joe. On check. That. TV from... Yeah. With black screen and dropouts and pukeouts and uh, oh my god, were they were they ready for prime time? No. Were they ready for like three in the morning? No. They were ready for any time. Harry oh. Diller, Silver Queen Productions. Man, as soon as you told me that 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 faggot was involved in this operation, at that point I should have said to myself, forget it. And if they ever put one show on there that of any interest to straight people, no, no, of course not. Other than this one. This one with a fag doing a show, at least I got a straight audience. But any other show on there, every show is a fag show on that channel. No. Which reinforces what I think about certain people over there who are like, you know, still putting on an act. Here's a mobile in Miami Beach. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Good job, sir. Back to you. Um, Happy Simchas Torah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I need a clarification on, yeah. God, on Godfather 2. I know it's uh, totally off the uh, track here. Michael Corleone goes to Frank Pantangelis and is screaming at him and hocking him a Chinese that they tried to assassinate me in my own bedroom and blah, 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 blah. He then asks Frank to make peace with the risottos. And Frank goes into the bar. And when they go to try to kill him, they yeah. say regards for Michael. That was for them to make Frank think that Michael right. went up there. That's it, right. Okay. I'm sorry, but I just... I should have known it was uh, Hyman Roth all along. Gotcha. Got it? All right. And don't forget, you don't put the Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that. Not even a monument. Okay, see ya. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> we have two open lines in Dade, 5670560. And don't forget, there's no such thing as the Cosa Nostra. There's no such thing as the Mafia. Just ask the people at A&E, okay? They'll give you a little one of these with a twisted nose. They'll say, hey, you're right.
That was hysterical. Here's a mobile in Pompano. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Great. Uh, season ticket holder, I went to the second exhibition and opening night. Right. Um, there were quite a few positives, but two big negatives. The positive was uh, I, I, the arena itself, aesthetically, I've never seen one like it. People, it's obviously a problem. It is a big problem, and, and it's something that is, is a tremendous, uh, as far as, yeah, they're going to do it, so... I'm just curious. We just can't get it right. There you go. There's a guy who's uh, psychotic. We have an open line in Broward, two and Dade. Five. It's ripped the goddamn Macarena, Mad Arena Day. And so far, once we turned them loose, they've been it's like freeway and spigot without the freeway, man. They're out of control. You can't get there. The seats are too narrow. The place sucks, et cetera, and so on. Game was pretty good, but who the hell cares? See, if we had fans, then it would be a little bit different. Then they would, we'd have had a lot of calls about the goddamn game itself, but we've had almost none of those. We've had calls, and rightfully so, like the guys are saying, we paid a lot of money for these tickets. We have a right to be able to at least squeeze our goddamn Recto. into a seat would be good without a shoehorn. Here's Sunrise. Hello. Good afternoon, Neil. Yes, sir. I went to my first Panthers game Friday night, thanks to you. And? Uh, your seats are phenomenal. Oh, you sat in my seat. I sat in your seats. Uh-huh. Um, right at center ice, there were magnificent seats. The goal for the, that first goal by Parrish, I had the best angle in the house. It was a thing of beauty. Um, I just wanted to, again, thank you for the tickets. And also, uh, I do have a couple of comments about the arena. Yeah. Um, the seats here, now that I hear people mentioning them, they are a little narrow. But my main thing is there's l the lack of leg room in between seats. Even a little kid can't get between you and the seat in front of you. Yeah. And the concession. You know something? Now that I'm thinking about it, the exhibition game over there, you know, there are a lot of empty seats. So it wasn't like there were a lot of people in my row because I'm right on the end. But now that you mention that, I'm looking forward to a nightmare because when you're on the end, everybody who comes back in and everybody that goes out is going to pass by you if they're going out on your end. Well, that'll be stadium aerobics then. Oh, well, I, I see. Uh, I envision a lot of times standing in the aisle. Well, that's always a thought. Yeah, I yeah. guess. But uh, I guess a little inconvenience. I, I, I would assume. But anyway, I just wanted to again thank you for the tickets. I had a really good time. My girlfriend and I have never been to a Panthers game before, and we really enjoyed ourselves. So I just want to let you know. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. There you go. There's a guy who's a grateful and a good guy. They had a good time. They had to take a shoehorn to squeeze their asses into the seats. But other than that, we have an open line in Broward, 2 and 8, 5670560, pound 560 on the mobile one line. 12.56 on QAM. We got the Humper, Hank Goldberg at 2. We got the four-hour pregame extravaganza, the Spot Carrier. It's kind of like uh, what they do on Hockey Night in Canada now, which they're starting earlier so that the uh, late game isn't over at 3 in the morning. 6.30 to 7, they do this stupid and stupid half-hour pregame show, and uh, there's no point to it. The game starts at 7, but they do a half-hour pregame show just to get a lot of extra spots in there so they can make money. Well, here on QAM, we're a lot more clever than that. We can work out more than just a half hour. We do a four-hour pregame extravaganza for every Dolphins game, so maybe we can make back some of the money we lost on the Marlins. Speaking of money, hey, yeah. the Neil Rogers Show, Lauderdale. Oh, boy. It's the one to two hour. They talked a lot about Francis Albert last night from Hoboken, New Jersey. They never mentioned any of his alleged mafia ties because we know there's no such thing as the mafia, so it would have been a waste of time. We have two open lines in Dave, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Everybody had a great time at the game Friday night. Oh. Panthers kicked ass. Oh. They loved the parking. Oh. They loved the arena. Oh. They loved the food. Oh. They loved the prices. They loved those big, wide, luxurious seats. Oh. Here's a mobile in Margate. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, Good sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? Great. Good. I uh, got a chance to meet you last week for the first time at Pizza Loft. It was a pleasure and an honor. Right. If it was a CD that you were just selling. Just 
observation don't really matter to me. But because we never had uh, the original that was uh, had it on oh. there, you know what I'm saying? That's the way it was when we got it. Right. Uh, one other observation. I'm not a season ticket holder for the Panthers, so it doesn't matter to me either way about the getting in, getting out, the seat mm -hmm. size, or anything mm -hmm. like that. But one thing I had noticed is they put an entrance for the people coming from from the south on 75 and the Sawgrass to get into the stadium and to leave the stadium. But where there'd probably be a lot of people coming from Boca and up north, they everybody's got to get off on Oakland or Sunrise. It seems like they would have, you know, would have alleviated some of the traffic if they would have just put an exit going northbound right onto the Sawgrass right out the back of the arena and going into the arena also. Going northbound? Excuse me? Going northbound onto the Sawgrass. Don't you think? You can't get out going northbound on uh, from Oakland? Right. You have to go back to Oakland or you have to go back to um, Sunrise to go if you're going back up to Boca. Or... You're, so you can't do it? Okay, we have an open line of Dave Mudd and Brown. I mean, they had all this time to plan it. You would have thought, you know, you would have thought that when you're dealing with that much money and all these big hot shots and all these experts, and they're going all over to North America. See, I hate to break the news to these people. I know this comes as a great shock and a tremendous bitter disappointment to a lot of the people in the organization. But, but people, you know, we, we've been through, it's tiring. I'm, I'm, I'm worn out with it about the salaries and about these multimillionaires and these goofballs, guys with IQ smaller than their pinky. Uh, but if you're really going to subsidize this, if you're going to help to support it, how in the world when you want to put out that kind of money for tickets and that kind of money for parking and that kind of money for food, how can you give anybody less than the best, the best? The best, the most comfortable seating. We're not talking about, you know something, even the old wooden seats in Maple Leaf Gardens, which has been there for 68 years, they built it in 1931. Even those old seats, even those wooden seats, are big and they're comfortable and they're like uh, probably more comfortable than these little narrow tiny seats that some of these poor bastards are sitting in that are paying five, six grand a year for tickets. People expect the best and they give them schlock. After all the time that they've had to plan this thing, people go there, expect some organization. They, they send you a nice little diagram. Okay, park in uh, gate number five, number seven. You expect to go to a place, and it's clearly marked. And instead of having a bunch of little uh, high school kids standing around and rolling their ass from your elbow, you expect to be able to go zip right in there and very clearly marked and organized. And based on what we're hearing, was it organized? No. Was it clearly marked? No. Was it like uh, chaos? Uh-huh. Yeah, I am just uh, shocked and amazed and bitterly disappointed because I thought to myself, I was making excuses in my mind for them because I thought, well, you know, it's kind of a rush thing, although it really wasn't a rush thing. They had months to do this. But, uh, you know, when the exhibition games are over, we get into the real thing that first Friday night. I was confident. I was positive it would be well organized and really well thought out and a uh, piece of cake. Sorry. Here's a mobile implantation. Hello. Afternoon, Neil. Yes, sir. I'm calling to say thank you for the tickets you gave me on Thursday. Okay. And uh, it was the second Panther game I ever went to. Uh, it was up in uh, 203. Great seats. Not a bad seat in the house. It didn't seem like. Yeah. Uh, great view and everything. And uh, I came in. I shot up north on uh, Flamingo and turned left there just past Sawgrass and went right into the parking lot. No problem. But uh, like everybody was saying, the problem is getting out. And what they need is they need signage because you couldn't tell, distinguish between a parking row 
versus an exit kind of like a, a, uh, right. a street, you know, right. where, where people are parking. If you could see where the... the uh, and especially with half the people parked in the middle of the streets anyway because they had nowhere to park. Right, and if you turn, like, if you pull out of your parking space and say go north in the parking... Reminds me of Miami International uh, when, you, when you're in the parking exactly, garages, you know? Exactly, exactly. And you keep, you keep going around and trying to figure, okay, which way do I go to get out? I want to get the hell out of here. I want to pay my $600 parking fee. I want to get out of here. And you keep looking, where's exit? Where's Salida? Where, where's something in some language that might tell me how to get out of here? And if you keep going around long enough, maybe you'll find it. They just spend a few shekels and, and buy some signage to say, out this way. I right. Know. Exactly. And in closing, I, I saw the, uh, the, the Italian thing on, uh, on A&E last night. Right. And, uh, it, was, uh, it was somewhat uh, entertaining, but uh, like you said, there's a few shortcomings. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know no Godfather. A little ethnic paranoia. Okay, pal. All right. Okay. There's no such thing as the mafia, okay? There's no such thing. It's just a figment of our imagination. And all those people in Sicily that keep getting shot, all those mafia investigators over there, they probably had bad tires. They had bad brakes. There's something uh, in the air, you know. I mean, I guess they assume that all of us who would be watching that uh, presentation last night have never been to Italy, have never spoken two or three words of uh, Italian like Menage la Miseria, something like that, and have never uh, seen those stories, read those stories in the papers. Probably some kind of commie pinko plot is what those stories are. There's no such thing going on like that over there. Hell. Hello, this is a bunch of hooey. that I told you that was related to me last time I got my official last tour of the arena 
And that is that I go in there and uh, they show me the whole. And by the way, the offices are plush. They're beautiful and all the facilities for the players and the showers and the lockers, etc. Everything in there is plush, top, top of the line. And they told me that I had missed Wayne by only one day, and I said, thank God for that. He had been there the day before, went down in the seating area, sat down, just, just, just picked a seat, sat down, and the seat broke. Yeah, he picked his seat. No, seriously, I told that on the air. Remember that? That's a true story. Just the rain. I think I'll try this one. Away. Sits down, the seat busts. Should have been a goddamn omen. By the way, here's, uh, let's see, as we approach the final month of WQAM operations from Sheridan Street, it says, oh, yeah, <laughs> I think it is appropriate that we recognize Joan Klinger and Earl Lewis as the WQM employees of the month for August. Who? Joan and Earl have helped, and by the way, who turned the heat on in here again? When is this going to stop? Oh, thank God. And what's going to happen once we get up on the third floor? Oh, I'm sure it'll just be worse. Oh. John, Joan and Earl have helped us out tremendously. It would be tragic not to recognize their contributions to WQAM success. So, therefore, please join me in congratulating Joan Klinger and Earl Lewis as the QAM. Uh, what is it? They'll each receive a $200 bonus or a QAM pin for their achievement, and it's signed with a squiggly uh, Greg. See, see, there's the telltale. See how he does that squiggle under the G on his name? That's the squiggle you see on your check now, before the, they give it to you. The humorous aspect of that yes. is neither Joan nor Earl, who are both good people, yes. work for QAM. QAM employees warranted it, so they had to give it to some KISS people. There you go. Take the money, guys, because you'll never get it again anyway, okay? Joan and Earl, take the 200 bucks, thank you. And by the way, you probably never get that either, but uh, something to look forward to. Here's a lady in Dania. Hello. Hey. I have a couple of things I wanted to say. Okay. First of all, I went to Ruth Chris's again Saturday to right. another couple. They loved it, too. They're going back. Right. I told the manager... That meal sent Oh, thank God for you. And also... I smell another uh, free meal coming. We, uh, oh, good. We don't watch Whammy any longer. Yeah. And as long as you're not there, we're not there. And the third thing that... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm still on there, but they're showing these old no, shows no. from a month ago. No, no. We want you there for real every day. Yeah. Anyhow, um, you know that gay boy that was beaten up? He right. died. He, he died last night, yeah. Oh, I, I'm so... Laramie, Wyoming. I just feel so bad about it. And CNN, by the way, did the worst job. I saw their coverage, 8 o'clock this morning, the worst job of covering that story. It was their lead story, and they gave it like a 40-second thing. And while authorities say that it was uh, robbery was the real motivation. Oh, yeah, really. And on the one hand, the one guy was upset because, uh, you know, the other guy came onto him in a right, bar. Right. But then turned around, and robbery was the motivation. And of course, you know, when you're going to rob somebody, you always take them out in the middle of nowhere, and you beat them for hours, and then you, uh, you know, tie them to the uh, fence post and leave them to uh, freeze to death. That's always the way you do a robbery. Oh. I'm just so upset about it, I had to call you. And tell well, welcome to America. Yeah, well, it'll never change, will it? Probably not. Oh, okay. Take care. Okay, have a great day. And thank God for all these great right-wingers, all these good Christians out there, these good religious people, preaching love and kindness <laughs> and brotherhood. Oh, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Here's North Miami. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Okay, sir. You're smoking today. I'm smoking a good one. I haven't been to the arena. It's a shame they'd build a brand-new facility and have all these problems. Yeah. The seating alone, it makes you sick to think about it. You'd think they would go out and... Uh, the only thing that I, I've been here since 1962, and Joe Robbie's the, the only one I know of that actually built something down here that was right when it was built. Right. That's the only one I know the, of. The only, the only negative about that stadium is that the climate here, you know, 
precludes the possibility of really enjoying it out there. They need to have a, do a retractable domed roof like uh, the Skydome. Uh, well, but uh, but yeah. other than that, the seats are comfortable. It's easy to get in and out of there, except when they screw it up on the football games. But like for baseball, it's yeah. easy to get in and out. And uh, you're right. I wasn't right. thinking of baseball. I'm talking about for a football stadium, which is what it was actually built for. Yeah. The weather's but, but even, perfect. Right. Football. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Pretty cool. It cools off. If you're sitting, if you're sitting on the shade side, like I used to, it's okay yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. But boy, if you're sitting on the sunny side, yeah, instant melanoma, man. Now, two more things. Uh, I know you got to hear George Friday, and I, a friend of mine came over just when you came on. I never miss you when you first come on, and I didn't right. hear whether you made any comments about George. Yeah, I gave George a six and a half on a scale of ten because I don't want to give him like uh, yeah. swelled head and big numbers off oh. the bat. And he was monotone yeah. and mumbled a little bit. But uh, he'll be fine. He'll get better each time, and it's a big, huge improvement over the tapes. Yeah, better than the tapes and better than the birds. And he also so shouldn't worry so. about what the callers... He's still worrying about what the callers are saying, and he should just tell them to blow it out their ass, yeah. which eventually he'll do. Now, since it's Godfather Question Day, mm -hmm. I've had a question, and I, I've hesitated for and years. And, of course, this is only fiction, folks. There's no mafia. This is just fiction. <laughs> There's one question I wanted to ask you, and I've seen the movie. I have it here on tape. I've seen it a million times, but I'm confused about one thing in Godfather 1. After they do, they have Tom Hagen, and they say you can go now. And they come out, and they say he's still alive. They hit right? him with five shots, right. and he's still alive. And he's talking to some guy, and he says it's bad for me, and it's bad for you. If you don't if get you Sonny don't make to make that, that deal. deal, right? Now, who is he talking to? He, he was talking Colazzo. about what's who was Colazzo talking to? He was talking to Tom Hagen. He said, it's bad news for me and it's bad news for you if you don't get uh, Sonny oh. to make the deal. Well, that was don't, Tom don't, don't, you oh. remember, don't you remember they had the meeting right. in the Corleone offices there? Yeah. And uh, Marlon Brando says, I said I would meet you with you because they tell me you're a serious right. man, but a beep, but a boop. But, uh, you know, he didn't right. want to do the drug okay. deal. And Sonny says, oh, are you kidding me? Right. You want to tell me that you're willing to guarantee the loan and then uh, right. you know, I got all that. out of shape and you'll have to right. excuse me, my children, right. or spoil my children. They talk too much. Right. But no, the point Don't ever was... tell anyone outside the family what you're thinking again. Then, of course, they brought the line back again in Godfather 3 because right. they ran out of material. He had Tom Hagen there and he said the Godfather's dead. He told him that. Right. And then the meeting, then he said, now you can go. And he yeah. went outside. And the guy whispered in his ear that he was still alive. And he said, well, he oh. hit him with five shots and he's still alive. So Tom Hagen was the guy. I, oh, he was talking a... to Tom Hagen. I better take you a better go get Sonny to make that deal or uh, bada bing is what he said. Can you do me one favor, Neil? And he said, by the way, don't eat at Louie's. I understand they got the best deal, but the worst lead in the city. Yes? Give me one small Give me lead poisoning. Yes? Put me on hold for uh, Dolphin pregame show. Thank you. Okay, Sam. Coming up in uh, any minute now, we got the Dolphin pregame, the foreplay, baby. We got 400 hours of foreplay. Open line of Dade County, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. They hit him with five shots. One more. And he's still alive. And, of course, there was Fredo sitting there on the uh, curb. Oh, again, again, Fredo. Yeah, good old Fredo. He sure had away with a gun, didn't he? We understood he had away with a pistola, but that was a different kind of gun. Different kind of pistola. Banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. My players couldn't get a drink. It's all fiction. You do understand that. There's no mafia. There's no, there's no uh, bad Sicilians. There's no black hand. Well, Sammy Davis may have had a black hand. Here's Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Neil? Yes, sir. It is both an honor and a privilege to talk to you. On the day of your daughter's wedding. Exactly. I've been away for a year and a half out in Seattle on the West Coast. And, Don uh... Corleone, I am honored and grateful that you have invited me to your daughter's wedding. Yeah. 
And I'll tell you what, I really do miss you so much. There, it's a, a, a radio wasteland out there. Where is it? Where are you? Uh, well, actually, I'm here for, I'm in town for a wedding. Yeah, I'm but in, where do you live now? In Seattle, Washington. Oh, it's Seattle. Oh, please don't tell me you still got that asshole Mike, uh, what's his, what the hell is his name? Tom Likas? No, no, Mike uh, Siegel. No, no, no. He's off the air over there? Oh, yes, is he the an only, asshole? The only guy out there is Tom Likas. I can't tell you how many people call him up and say, Ah, Neil kicked your butt. Yeah, good. It's really... Oh. Excellent. Here, here's a guy that I kicked his butt so bad, he went out and he got a license plate when he came to town that says Neil who, a personalized license plate. And when the first, you know, the first book that came out, they had the World Series on. They preempted my show almost every night. Yeah. And he wound up with like a 3-5, and I had a 3-1 or something on INZ. Because I was never on. I was off almost the whole rating. So right away, he's got a big attitude. He thinks he's going to be great. Then the next book, he had a 3-share. I had a 7-1. So about a week later, he this is a true story. Okay. He gets in his car. He packs up his stuff in the middle of the night and leaves town. Doesn't resign. Doesn't say goodbye. He left town in the middle of the night, never to be seen here again. Neil, he's small potatoes. Yeah. Pocket change. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, I was driving by the he's radio. Like the he's a pimp. Exactly. I, I've been going around looking at, you know, my old neighborhood and going around places. I, I saw the, the stadium, the new hockey stadium out in the acres or yeah. past the acres. And they're putting up a sign today. I guess it's the the uh, Panther sign. Mm -hmm. They had the crane out there. They're putting that thing up there. Is it the sign that says, don't bitch if your seats are too small? No, actually, you want to talk about small seats? Try taking a uh, uh, domestic flight. I had... You know those people that shop at Costco with the industrial size asses? Yeah. They have to sit next to me, and they lift the armrest. And what they do... Oh, and that is, oozing fat oh. just edges over the edge of their seat onto your ass. They, oh, God. They, oh, it's, it's disgraceful. They pin me. I'm, I'm literally pinned <laughs> against the window, and I, I have nowhere to turn. I mean, I can't even can't even inhale. Yeah. It's it's disgraceful. Well, just think it's only a real short five-hour flight out there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's a seven-hour flight. Now I've got an a, a industrial-sized tushy next to me cramming me. Beauty. Um, but I really do miss you a lot, and I, I can't tell you uh, um, how, how refreshing it is to to uh, see you. And actually, I saw your, radio, your TV show. Yeah. You're on television. Yeah, briefly. Well, why? What's going on? They're, uh, you don't even want to know. They're just uh, making a fool out of me and themselves. Yeah. Well, hey, at least... It's a spineless, gutless station run by a bunch of spineless, gutless, no-talent assholes who wouldn't know a TV uh, set if you shoved it in there. Wreck them. They know nothing. Well, not not to stroke you too much, but I'll tell you, I don't, I have, the people down here have no idea what what they have with no, the... No, of course they don't. They take me for granted. Oh. I'm like, yesterday's news, you know that. That's the understatement of the century. Okay, pal, great to have okay, you Okay, wait, back. real quick, yeah. one quick thing. Yes, sir. Thanks for, uh, thanks for improving your image, and go ahead and get those hair transplants. It's the hair guy. It's what? What is that? It's the hair guy. What, what does that mean? Can you translate Didn't it for me? some guy 100 years ago that kept bugging you to get transplants or something? Yeah. So, what, so what does that mean? Then he ran to the radio, turned it up. Well, well, but what does that mean? I don't even know what he's talking about. Like my, like my memory is that good I know about the hair guy? Okay, whatever you say, pal. Get back to Seattle. Get out of here. 127 at 560. Neil Rogers got it. Good ship. Oh, this stud. It's a slave ship. And it's very hot when you roll all day. And the you on the back with chains. It's a wooden ship, and it smells a lot like an armpit or a bad egg fart. And when you die of disease, they throw the body in the sea. Squished in a hole, no toilet for your 
I think the hair guy's got a point, though, you know, because that's going to be the reason the ultimate downfall on a TV show besides their ineptitude over there is uh, the problem on my head. Not the hair, necessarily. The cap with that outrageous uh, postcard from Amsterdam you've got on your head, which, by the way, I don't have time today, and I don't want to do short trips, so I'll read that entire article. And thank you profusely, whoever down in Key West sent me this article. The Dutch example shows how it works how it can work, the economics of legalized marijuana. And I'm not one of those, I'm not going to get involved with the normal people or the abnormal people or any of that. I don't uh, give a crap that much. Because like I said, this was a novelty thing. I brought it back to make a statement. And the statement is, grow up already, okay, and stop being like a bunch of overgrown children in this country. That's the statement. It's satirical. I don't give a crap. What, what the hell they do with it? Except let all those assholes out of jail, those poor bastards out of jail who are in there. In fact, let me just read the first paragraph. Last year, 685,000 people, this is in America, the marijuana industry in this country, it says here, represents $50 billion economy from which the government gets zero. zippity doo da nothing. Okay? So that's the only message in there. And Matty Elisham over there, who's the big shot at whammy, he can't get the message. And he says if, I, if, if because it's incongruous, it doesn't fit in with the show. So in other words, if I were on the air here, boring the audience, talking every day for four hours about legalization of marijuana, which I'm not going to do, then it would be okay? But because I've got a satirical postcard on my on my head here that's too that he's too stupid to understand, then it's not okay because it doesn't fit in. He doesn't understand that it does fit in. That's the point because he doesn't understand the show. He doesn't understand what the show's about. He doesn't understand what I'm all about. He doesn't understand what this town is all about. Always a smart thing to bring in some outsiders from L.A. or New York or some other place and bring them down here and uh, put a TV station on here. Oh yeah, they they really know where it's at. And see, they thought right away, just like the people at the Herald, put enough stuff on there in Espanol, put on Generation Enya and Bill Dreck out loud, put all this uh, greaseball stuff on there, right away you get an audience. Did it work? No. Generation Enya as in Nyo. Here's Pembroke Pines. Hello. Uh, yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just want to say that I went to the uh, arena for an exhibition game. Yes, sir. And I'm a big 285-pound badass, and I just want to say that I enjoyed the arena and the game itself. And the people shouldn't complain. They've got a good hockey team down here, and uh, they should just be happy for that and not complain. You know, if they want to complain, they can go rip back down to Miami. To well, that what do you mean they shouldn't complain? Uh, I think most of these people were uh, season ticket holders in Miami, including me. And yeah, but I mean, you got a, you got a new you got a new arena, aren't you? Wouldn't you rather be you know happy instead of just sitting there complaining more and more? Would you rather just enjoy? being in your new arena? I'm enjoying it, but I'm not going to tell these people don't complain. I mean, the overwhelming majority of these people all have it. I don't think that we got a conspiracy here that everybody's making these stories up about the narrow seats and about the crappy disorganized parking and all the other negatives that they encountered. When you're, when you're asking people to pay that kind of money where they have to practically mortgage the house to buy season tickets for a sporting event, yeah, they, they deserve the best. Uh, and uh, and uh, closing, I just want to say I can't wait for the... Uh... Panthers to play the Maple Leafs so we can get the rematch of Worrell versus uh, Ty Domi. Okay, great. Okay, Ty Domi will kick his ass, which, by the way, Worrell won't fight him because he doesn't fight real fighters. He only fights. But nevertheless, I like Peter Worrell this year. He played good in the exhibition season, but he won't fight Ty Domi. We have an open line, and they'll just, maybe he'll wrestle him in the corner like they did in that one game, and they'll just uh, have like a Mexican standoff. 
5670560 and pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Tampa. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. It's good to hear you. There's one thing QAM's doing right. They have a good real audio stream on the Internet. I get to hear you over here in Tampa. Well, that's great. Probably by accident. Well, maybe so. Uh, of course, when I'm homesick or Columbus Day. I have two questions for you. First of all, how does someone out of town get a hold of your CDs? I called the 954 number. Like a real holiday. There was nobody on the highway. I loved it. Okay. And since this all went down last week, I was at work. Maybe you may comment on it, but please forgive me. Do you have any comments about the uh, J-Core acquisitions? Do I have any comments about it? it? It's another tragedy. I mean, Clear Channel, you know, everything that they put on the air is crap. And now that they're going to buy up all the J-Corps stations, that means that Lardass Limbaugh and, uh, and uh, what's-her-name, Dr. Laura, they'll be on every station in America. And it, it, it's just uh, sickness. It's insanity. You're going to have like four or five companies that are going to every radio station in the country, which is bad for the listeners. It's bad for the people that work in the business, and it's uh, bad business. It sucks. Yeah, you know, they have nine, nine stations alone over here, J-Corps does, and they're going to go, uh, gobble up those, and then Clear Channel, you know, right. we're a bunch now. Clear Channel's got 22 stations in this market. Can you believe that? Yeah. 22 stations in this market, and not one of them is worth the crap, by the way. They all suck. I understand their nickname is Cheap Channel. That's it. You got it. Okay, my friend. Well, I'm going to try to get a hold of your station. Oh, and by the way, one other little piece of radio trivia that you'll enjoy hearing yeah. is the people that work at the Planet, which is one of Clear Channel stations here, I have it on very good authority, have been getting their paychecks late. Some of them have been, been paid for weeks. And here's this company that just pays $4.4 billion to acquire J-Corps. How do you like that? Oh, well, you know, the, the more they have, the more they want. Okay, pal. Thank you. Bye-bye. Isn't that something? How do you, how'd you like to be one of those people working over that the planet can't get a paycheck, and then you're reading the newspaper, oh, well, uh, we just spent $4.4 billion to acquire J-Corps. Great. How about paying me, huh? No. It's like when they were talking those stupid, uh, very jackass stories here about when Greg Reed supposedly was going to put $15 bucks out to buy the Marlins. <laughs> oh, give me a break. He, he couldn't buy Marlins at the fish shop, much less a piece of the Marlins baseball team. And all these, and that was right at the time, by the way, that Mandich and Rimmer and all those other part-time people here couldn't get a paycheck out of these men. Bo Camper, months and weeks and uh, eons go by. Can anybody get a check out of these bastards? No. But we got big money to buy this. Yeah, right. Okay, 145 at 560 WQM. We have an open line in Broward. This uh, group of calls today has been a real fly opener, I'll tell you that. And the guy who called uh, that last guy, but, well, these people shouldn't be complaining. Why the hell not? Pay that kind of money to go to see a concert, a sporting event, whatever. And this is the day and age in which we live. The owners, the athletes, the uh, the uh, executives, whoever the hell it is, they're the ones we got to help to pay their salaries because everybody wants an arm and a leg. Well, at least entertain us. At least make us comfortable, okay? Even if you're going to put a crappy product out there, at least make us comfortable. That's what I say. That's what I was hoping for, expecting maybe like a uh, another subpar year to say the best on the ice, which who knows at this point, maybe subpar. But at least it'll be in comfort. At least it'll be luxurious, won't it? No. Here's Miami. Hello. Your show was boring today. Yeah, well, I'm glad you listened the whole four hours. Thank you. We have an open line in Dade, one in Broward. Yeah, of course. This is like a guy who goes into a restaurant, eats nine-tenths of the steak, and then says to the waiter, this steak sucked, I'm not paying for it. Five six seven oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. This show was sensational today. Oh! For a Monday, it was spectacular. Here's Miami. Hello. Hey Neil, how you doing? Okay, sir. Hey, I just want to say I love you. That was some Schwarzer, by the way. So what does he know about hockey? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to say I love your show. Uh huh. And my hat goes off to George. Um, Friday. I don't know if you heard him before you went out of town. Yeah. He had mentioned about how 
this man, speaking of you, Neil, how you really have, he has experienced no, nobody else has helped him as much as you have. Yeah. So in other words, basically he was just given another perspective about the man Neil Rogers. So, mm -hmm. He was know. sucking up. I didn't hear that part. <laughs> well, anyway. I would have given him a six and three quarters instead of six and a half. If I heard well, anyway, part. I just want to say, and just add to what I've been saying all along, I called before and said that, you know, to say that you're all right, guy, I like the show. And to add to that, you know that bit about um, all you can eat Negro? Yeah. I love the last part. You, had, you was mentioning about that Friday, too. It lasted a few minutes, I guess it was 30 seconds or whatever, when, when Bill Henry was laughing. And, yeah. And the guy was telling the bitch, he was saying, what is it, man? What is it called? It is just so funny, part. It's the best. <laughs> okay, pal. Okay, love your show, man. See ya. All right, bye-bye. Okay, where were you going? Here's a mobile in Margate. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you were playing. That's okay. Uh, first night in the arena, Friday night. Loved it. It was definitely a beautiful arena. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, the seats are smaller than, than the other one, that's for sure. And uh, I think how, how can you have how can you have different size seats? Yeah, it, it definitely was smaller. I mean, the guy in front of me is definitely closer to me. You don't have as much room in front of you, and, and the seats are definitely smaller. I'm a little guy, so it's not <laughs> it's not a big deal. But I'm getting pretty intimate with the guy next to me more than I want. Oh to my you know, god, he, he's like really close. But Jesus. I think I think the parking is actually going to get better. I, I think the problem with the parking was this it was really poorly uh, um, directed. Organized, poorly organized. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I turned the corner, I came off Oakland. And um, there was the one sign that said turn right for general parking, and there was, like, the line saying straight for local traffic. So mm -hmm. everybody was trying to go one way. I think once everybody realizes what entrance they should use in relation to where they're going to be sitting, you know, it should spread everybody out a little bit more. But uh, I felt bad for the parking attendants when they had to turn everybody away from that one parking lot because they got full. Yeah. And, boy, they they just everybody wanted to kill them. And these poor little kids are going, ah, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's why they put a, poor, a bunch of poor little defenseless kids out there instead of having, uh, you know. I mean, people were just livid, man. They were, and rightfully so. I mean, it took me 40 minutes to get from Oakland and uh, Flamingo to park. Oh, which, from Oakland which, and Flamingo? I was on Oakland and Flamingo. And oh, I, I, I would have just gone home. I'd have turned around and gone home. I couldn't you handle couldn't it. You couldn't move. What are you kidding? You couldn't move. But uh, hopefully, I, I think it'll get better once everybody realizes, you know, the arrangements of how. Yeah, once goes. we do about four or five of these shows and make sure they understand over there that the natives are pissed off and not going to put up with it anymore, maybe that'll get the message across. But uh, I love the arena. It definitely is beautiful inside, and it was great to see hockey head down here again. So okay, uh, let's hope we keep winning. And have a great day. Thanks, Neil. Bye. There's a lady in Kendall. Hello. Hello. Yes, ma'am. What is it? I'm talking to you in Sicilian. There's a true Sicilian in Miami. All right. Come on. How are you? Great. Molto bene. Molto bene. Some of the stuff that you're saying about Sicilians and the Godfather, it's true. There is La Mano Nera, or which is the black hand. La Mano Nero, yes. Okay. I said it in Sicilian. Uh -huh. Anyways, it does exist, but not all Sicilians are in the mob. Otherwise, we're no, all... I never, said, I never said that. If all Sicilians were in the mob, there wouldn't be all those schleppers in Sicily. By the way, you've been to Italy several times, right? Sixty-some, uh, yes. Okay, and it's beautiful. I've been there tons of times myself. It's a beautiful country, and Sicily is just as beautiful as some of the other places that you've been to. Yeah. You should really make an effort and go. Palermo? Palermo. It's beautiful. It's got Greece... Uh, mythology things going on and mm -hmm. uh, Romans and the Phoenicians and it's a great little island hmm. there's not a lot of crime like they make it sound, like it make like they make it sound up north north meaning like in Rome and yeah. Milano and up everywhere well, I think the one place I'm going to avoid those Naples because they, in fact you notice they're getting ready to make these attacks these uh, launch these raids on uh, Kosovo 
Uh-huh. These bombs on, uh, and they're doing it from Naples, which I guess they figure why the hell not because it's, uh, it's, that's it's not already a, very a toilet. pretty place. I've been there before. It's very dirty. Yeah, dirty and a lot of gypsies and tremendous poverty, rampant poverty. Yes. I listen, um, my boyfriend is a big Godfather watcher because I'm Sicilian and he wants to learn from the cult, all the culture by watching this movie, which is not the way to do it. But anyways, he wanted me to ask you, because I know the movie, but I don't really know it that well. In Godfather Part 2, when, um, Pantangeli goes into that bar, and they're about to strangle him, mm -hmm. and they say, um, this is from Mike Corleone. Yeah. Is it Mike Corleone that sent uh, the hit on him? How come we had two of these the same call on the same day? Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's just very unusual. I mean, the odds are astronomically against. It was, uh, that was a uh, ruse that was uh, to deceive him, make him think that it was... Uh... That's Michael what I Corleone. told them. There was Hyman Roth. So that they would, he would have a vendetta against Hyman Roth. Right. And he didn't believe me. He uh -huh. did, I mean, he wasn't sure that that was the case. Trust so. me. Oh, I trust you. I know. Okay. So go to Sicily. You'll love it. I'll do it. Ciao. Buona sera. Buona sera. Okay, it's uh, 151. Yeah. It's beginning to blow the, blow the, uh, blow the play selection. TV from the weird. I like the wee-wee. I'll bet. Okay, 156 at 560 WQAM. Here's a mobile in Davy. Hello. Hello? Yes, sir. Well, I'm a long-time uh, listener since the beginning and a first-time caller. All right. Let me preface this by saying I'm a major fan. I own club seats at the Dolphins, the Marlins. I have fifth-row dead center seats, which I bought at an auction for 35000 for the heat. Wow. I, and I have six seats in the Emerald Panthers Club, dead center, one on either side of the red line in the second row between the benches. Mm -hmm. And the, I have only positive things to say. I went to the game the other night. The new glass was perfect, no glare, no distortion looking through it. The scoreboards were unbelievable. We could watch the whole game up there with things you're missing, corners, goals. Yeah. Uh, the seats were fine. I'm a pretty uh, large fellow. The place was like going to a, uh, an auditorium, not to a sports thing. There was no crowds uh, between. It was a full house. I thought the parking was fine. I have preferred parking. I'm in section 101. Oh, yeah, the, per the preferred parking is great. I have that, too. Yeah, oh, you're, you're in 101? Yeah, dead center, the second row, between the thing, six seats in the middle. Right. I think you're in 101? Yes. Yeah, and I've had it since, and I've had it since day one. And mm -hmm. let me say, anybody who's knocking that place can't be a sports fan unless they maybe a 500-pound human being. Okay. That's all I want to say. I'm glad you got one of the wide seats. Thanks a lot. It's not wide. <laughs> okay. It's not wide, but I sit in it, and compared to the uh, Miami Arena, I mean, this is like going to paradise. Okay, I'm glad you're having a good time. There, okay, we got three. Okay, we took a poll today. We had 6,487,293 who said that they hated the place. Oi! And we had three people who said it was great. So what do you think? I wasn't here, so I have no idea. I was there for the one exhibition game. The preferred parking is great. Oh! I love the preferred parking. Living real close to there, four and a half minutes from door to door, oh! is great. Leaving early is always a good idea. Oh! Leaving a little bit early, no matter what's going on in the game. Nobody gets pitched out this year. We make that deal right now, okay? Anybody that starts that crap, uh, you know, see ya, whatever the hell I used to say in my section, that one asshole. Oh, God, did we have a few assholes in that section or what? Hope you guys are on the other side, some of you. Oh, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks. Like, it's your business, okay? Like, these guys own the joint. Or like somehow uh, somebody appointed them directors of uh, protocol for, like, when you can leave and it's uh, socially acceptable or politically correct or whatever. I think we ought to be uh, going over there and yelling at those guys. Thanks for keeping your mouth shut and none you, okay? And mind your own damn business. Okay, so we took our scientific poll. I'm just uh, in shock. I can't believe this. I mean, I, I knew that there might be just a few minor, like, uh, difficulties. <laughs> 
But the overwhelming number of people are bitterly disappointed. Their seats are too narrow. Some seats are like uh, postage stamp size. Even one guy who had a real tiny... Rectum. ...said he had to squeeze into it with a goddamn shoehorn. But life will go on. Uh, you know, we'll uh, get over there. And maybe maybe the team will turn out. When we start playing some real teams, maybe it'll be a, bl a bad season. And a lot of you uh, suckers can stay home. Watch it on TV for free. Hank Goldberg's coming up next briefly from 2 to 4 because we got lots and lots and lots of money to make back from those damn Marlin games, man. This station lost their ass over a million dollars we lost Holy. on the Marlins. So we got to make back lots and lots of that money so George can get his bonus before the damn Dolphin game at 8 o'clock tonight.